Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Endgate this episode are... My name is Paul, and uh, reading this book felt like I was on hotanot.com. I just kept giving eight points, eight points, eight points. <laughs> and I'm Josh, and I saw the mark of the ever-chosen and have found my path to glory. Oh, perfect. Uh, I'm Aaron, and little-known fact that Catacross is named the Undefeated actually because no one's ever been able to remove his feet before. Ooh, Ooh that's a good fair, reason. fair. <laughs> I was wondering. Uh, guys, how do the Bone Reapers get across the Soul Splinter River to the Varenspire? How? They build an OC arc. In this episode, we cover the lore of Wrath of the Ever-Chosen, GW's latest advancement of the story of the Soul Wars. While Archeon's away, the forces of death will play. Let's see if it's game over for the residents of the Eight Points. How you doing tonight, gentlemen? So good. Those were were all really good intros, everybody. Hey, listeners, send us what's your favorite one uh, at, at the Moral Realms. Um, or on our Discord. Or on our Discord at www.themoralrealms.com slash Discord. Uh, pretty good, Eric. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It, uh, I woke up this morning and my phone said uh, low of 32, high of 71. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> did I wake up in Wisconsin or California? <laughs> sure. uh, I think there was a cur- Cupertino in my in my uh, my DLs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's been a nice day. I've been uh, painting up some Warband stuff for Warcry. Nice. Oh, do you like that game? Um, I do. Really? And we've got a new um, kind of, I don't know if it's a global campaign at the Warhammer store, uh, but it's kind of this thing where you, if you do some play games, you paint uh, Warbands or paint units, and it goes towards kind of building up an overall campaign or, I don't know, something like that. So I'm motivated mm-hmm. to paint some stuff. Yep. Been working on terrain for that reason. Nice. Painting up my Warcry starter for- terrain. Ooh. Interesting. Because it can count as large models. I negotiated that with the... Uh, Look at you. Nice. I mean, Vint has so much power. <laughs> <laughs> and he's apparently such a pushover, too. Yeah. Paul, have you been playing or uh, hobbying lately? I actually did play a game of Warcry last night against my son, so that was super fun. George? He's, he's not even one years old yet. So yeah, the the other <laughs> son. And not that son, the other son. The one that's seven. Okay. Uh, so that was good. Um, and I've also been uh, building a bunch of terrain, so I got that all together, and then building up my squig army of death. So squig army of death. Working on a squigalanche. Squigalanche. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe you bought like a hundred boxes of the the guys, like the dude with the bone squig. Oh yeah. And just made all of those as your squigs. Do squigs have skeletons? This one does. They do according to the um the five magic users that are in the Moon Clan. Oh, okay. The Yeah, none of us know the, those do, the Gobblepalooza. Gobble-palooza. Yes, the Gobblepalooza. It's so Pavan. good. Sorry, it is Pavan. so good. Uh but yeah, there's a dude with the squig skull. Yeah. Oh, really? So it's there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. nuts. All right, well, cool. Aaron, what have you been working on? <sighs> Nothing. Um, no, I'm still working on Warcry terrain. Uh, guys, I think the starter set terrain has has killed it for me. I have no interest to finish this, like, just scraping it. Um, first of all, it's very deadly. This is old news. I feel like anybody who, yeah. who was building it when it was first put together. Um, but I'm now discovering that myself firsthand. Well, secondhand, I no longer have one of my hands because that thing is... Plane chopped it off, but you know it, it's it's a mess trying to have to file that. You could have just called yourself the warband that has no hands, right? I don't. I don't Aaron Bloodfinger. 
from Love Watch. Oh, the Unmade. The Unmade. Yeah. Um, now I am the Unmade. Now I am the Unmade. Yeah. No. Um. But it's there's I honestly and I've ran out of blades for my knife. I, I hate to complain, guys, but this is really weighing on me. I want to be productive here, and I just can't bring myself to finish that. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus, you guys have there's so many other people have. Sounds the like century. you're scraping bottom. Oh goodness. Oh man. Um, Eric, your words cut. It's only up from here. You cut me. Um, Sounds like you broke the mold. Yeah, I'm looking forward to putting together something more interesting but first things first i guess i gotta eat my vegetables uh yeah so that's what i've, I've been up to um josh did we sufficiently get what you were getting at yeah it's mainly mainly been terrain okay yep my own and uh the starter set yeah. oh, neat, 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 neat. all right so that's that's that us that's everybody hey you guys <clears throat> want to talk about this campaign campaign book is what it is the wrath mm. of the ever chosen definitely i did waste a lot of time doing this too <laughs> Too bad because Sorry, Ben Johnson. Don't eat that. Just kidding. Didn't have, we had three. We had a quorum. We're good. Um, uh, in that case, let's maybe let's hop into the story phase. Our safe place, Paul, if you would. The story phase. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the nine realms. Oh man! Is Wait, this, what? Is this the ninth realm? Is that what we're talking about? I think we got. Something else besides the nine realms going on here. Well, what is what is the ninth realm if not the eight all, eight points? We got some sub realms going oh, on. Oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair but enough. that's but they've they've got sub in front of them, so they're not realms. Sure, it didn't say nine yeah. sub realms. It just said nine. Oh, oh my gosh, let's keep going. Um, <laughs> so guys, given that it's a campaign book, I think uh, it's it's one of those beautiful times in this in the timeline in this in the storyline um, where we are at the cutting edge of the. The greater uh, moral realm storyline. I love mm-hmm. this. I love being here. This is my favorite favorite place to be. I've been waiting for it. Let's just bask in it. I feel <laughs> like Age of Sigmar no. has been doing a great job about continually moving the story forward, mm-hmm. introducing story elements mm-hmm. that last, that mean things, um, have, have ramifications as the timeline goes on. And so this is pushing that story forward. It's that, that Soul Wars story. Even the book itself is branded as a soul wars tale Mm -hmm. um so real quick i know we talk about these stories all the time and and if you want to catch up listener you can definitely listen to some some of our past episodes but uh for whatever reason someone starting with this one how can we quickly and succinctly summarize let's say that the story of soul wars this thus far anybody want to take a stab at it oh eric does. i think i got the best shot at this hit me um so uh (laughs) we've got the um nagash trying to reverse the poles of his realm by bringing all of the the power of the realm uh into the center uh through the the is it nagash azir or the nadir whatever it's called shyish nadir shyish nadir mm-hmm. uh come near um over here <laughs> and oh then dear. right here but lend, at lend the last minute uh chaos foils it obviously we know about this the black pyramid all that whole plan and uh sends a shock wave through the realms nowhere is unaffected Necroquake. Necroquake um, doesn't do exactly what Nagash wanted to do, which is raise the dead everywhere to kill all the living in one fell swoop. Just the delete button. Um, uh, but instead, it just kind of throws things out of whack. So we get endless spells everywhere. We do get the dead rising everywhere. Um, and uh, we one of the big plot devices is that uh, uh, Sigmar has had these penumbral engines, gifts of uh, Teclis ruined by Grugni, uh, and uh, they break. And so the things that they were hiding become exposed. And one of those things was um, near Lake Lethys, um, one of the cities of Sigmar that's in Shyish. And when um, 
when that happened, Nagash felt the presence of a long-lost ally that he just kind of forgot about or thought was lost or destroyed or whatever. Uh, but he set, sent uh, Lady Olinder to go and uh, seek him out. Uh, he, uh, She kind of squares up against the Celestine Prime, whoops him, uh, breaks the Storm Vault open, and out comes this new character, Catacros, who... Uh, <laughs> Nagash says, "You gotta be for life." All right, your break's over. <laughs> Vacation <laughs> done. It's time to get back to work. Um, and uh, so that's where um, kind of we find ourselves now. Uh, Catacros has been kind of put back into a new body. He's at uh, fight and weight, mm-hmm. uh, which t- is to mean like eight foot, uh, five hundred pounds or something like that. Sure. Uh, and commanding the Osiarch Bone Reapers. And target numero uno. Well, I guess big target. I think he's doing a lot of things. He take, took back a bunch of stuff in the, mm-hmm. in Shyish, kind of reclaims what was his. Like there's a little bit of possessiveness there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, starts a campaign and we meet him, uh, at the point where he has, uh, set his sight or Nagash has set his sight on, uh, the eight points on the Varen Spire. Um, and, uh, because. Despite the fact that Nagash hates Sigmar, he hates chaos more. Yep. Or maybe he just has a full hatred of Sigmar and a full hatred. Of, uh, he, he hates too, them as much he, as he yeah. hates hate anything. Chaos passion. Yeah. 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 That was an interesting, and that's an interesting uh, kind of lead in where I hadn't, I don't know that he verbalized yeah. that very well. Yeah. Yeah. Why does, I mean, we got this kind of the sense that he's also kind of this order like things in a right way and chaos is chaos but there's a passionate versus a cold um calculation that is is really opposing each other that's what i got aaron how was that yeah yeah another pat on i wonder how this records i never recorded i mean applause I, before let's record a bunch of it okay so sure. we can use it later on yeah, in the episode. Uh, bravo. I couldn't have done it better. I don't, man, I was hoping that you would have missed something so that I could jump in to add. I don't you have, can make something up. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. And also Nagash uh, spends a lot of time just watching TV for a little bit too. So mm. yeah, yeah. Reruns. Yeah. Reruns, reruns. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does catch us up to the, the, the current point in the timeline and it really gives it a sort of a purpose to those OCR uh, bone reapers, right? Like we, we got our, um, we, we talk about in, in our bone reapers episode of the battle tome, like they've now arrived on the scene. Nagash now has this elite fighting force. What do you do with them? Like what's his goals? What are his purposes? Um, how do they uh, butt heads with the mortal realms at large? Like what's their first target? And like, what- if, it, if it was the old world, you'd start a blood bowl team. <laughs> <laughs> just get it out there so people would see how cool you are. But we're right, not in the old right. world, sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, Nagash like has has his he has his goals. He sets his sights on the on the eight points, and maybe we, maybe we talk about the eight points as it exists these days lately. Um, uh, it is a realm similar, but not the same as the other eight moral realms, but similar in that it is affected by the events of the world at large, and, and it was hit um, by the Necroquake just as drastically as any of the other uh, realms were. Um, does anybody want to talk about um, what, what's been happening there uh, recently? Sure. Yeah, so so it used to be the All Points, and it has eight realm gates that go to each of the realms. Uh, so several of them are closed now. The Archon took over and changed it to the Eight Points, and it's been infused with chaos, and there's the Varen Spire was built, and it has a portal to chaos directly above it. So there's all sorts of strange environmental influxes and lots of uh, mayhem going on all the time in the Eight Points. 
So, uh, so Nagash's point is, uh, he, well, besides the fact that he hates Archeon for killing him a couple times and, uh, wants the tactical, you know, um, strategic importance of the A points, he's like, I gotta have this place. If I'm gonna conquer the rest of the realms and turn it into my own mess, I gotta take it over. So. And even on a small scale, like knowing that there's a gate that leads directly into Shyash, his realm, yep. he, he can't leave that gate in somebody else's hands. Like yeah. at the very least, he needs to be able to take that over um, mm-hmm. as a sort of a strategic, like a defensive mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the interesting points uh, that they did mention specifically about the eight points is that it's the only place, I think, or at least that was my impression, where it is at the same time you can get to all the eight realms. Right, so it's not just that there are uh, that there are realm gates to each of the eight realms, but you can go into them at the same time. Whereas other realm gates, they might go to a different part of the realm, and time might change. Right, like so strategically, so is, uh, you're saying that the connection is fixed in time and that's space. correct. And the eight and the eight points, the the realm gates to each of the realms are fixed in time and space, so that it is a constant flow of time. Whereas other realm gates that you go into, that flow of time can change, or depending on where the entrance is, where the exit is. So that's a, that's why this has become such an important place. They so when the all points was um, created, they did away with daylight savings. They did absolutely. We should follow. We yeah. should follow and suit. Get rid of that penny. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Any any other uh, suggestions? Or <laughs> What are we going to do no, with our no railroad timetables? Uh, <laughs> yeah, savings and pennies. Light, light rail. Light rail. Okay, sure. No, monorail. Um, monorail. Yeah. Uh, so those are, I guess, the, the I guess the goals of, of Nagash. Um, before we move on to the story at large, is there any, did we have we learned anything new about the eight points that we didn't know before in any of these other stories? Is this the first time mm. we've seen the Varanite, perhaps? Indeed. Ooh. Indeed. Josh, give me a look. Tell me about Varanite. So now we have this new realm stone from the eight points called Varanite. And it's, you know, obviously a takeoff of the Varan Spire. And uh, apparently it's got another, other names, the Archeon's gift, etc. But it's essentially liquid gore, you know, and formed by all the blood that spills in the, in the eight points and turns into this very chaotic material that they can use to make extremely dangerous weapons and apparently it's more powerful than warp stone in terms of causing mutation is what it kind of hinted at so i'm sorry skaven players Uh, whoops um i mean talk about the great you you do have to put them in their place (laughs) that's true where they belong um in between the realms (laughs) (laughs) novels uh I bring it up now because honestly, it doesn't really come up in the story whatsoever. But mm-hmm. it's still pretty, still pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yep. And then actually, what I was alluding to before in terms of how the necroquake might have affected the the realm, but uh, the eight points is is not excluded from any of the stuff from the, the necroquake. Uh, it's it's chock full of like geists and ghosts, and like the nighthawk can have a, a presence here as well because there's plenty of dead, plenty of dead people to uh, be pulling souls from. And mm-hmm. then also, it's uh, plenty of endless spells here as well. It's a chaotic. Um, yep. maelstrom of magic all over the place and so this is a perfect breeding ground for the mm-hmm. the endless spells to be preying on on the living yeah and just in case uh it wasn't clear from previous episodes or whatever it is not like seven city blocks the sub realm is massive i think it's continent mm-hmm. size is yeah, what I said. yeah. Mm-hmm. so the eight realm gates are not all in the same place they're basically at the, the spokes of a wheel mm-hmm. That are uh, surrounding the outside of the actual eight points themselves, and, and I thought we were going to get a map of that. 
I thought we might get this would have been the place to do it. Maybe. Map. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got a map of Shayish. We got a little bit of Shayish around the mm-hmm. the end gate. Um, yeah. yeah, but we haven't gotten a complete map of any realm. No, so. no, no, but I mean of the realms, the all points eight points is the smallest probably. Mm-hmm. So you'd think, and it has it has a cardinal directional system. True, uh, mm-hmm. because it references north. Uh, it's got eight points like a compass. I mean, it just feels very map-worthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which realm gate is north, though? Uh, the Shash Gate. Well, but furthermore, what is what is north? I yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> exactly, but the book says north. So that's that's the only thing I can go off yeah, of. Yeah. Mm, and, uh, and like clockwork, one, two, three, unreliable narrator. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. North, <laughs> is, um, north is Edgeward. That's what this is. Um, but uh, uh, so the... One thing about the Veronite is that it isn't a natural occurring, uh, that it is a combination of the blood that is seeped into the earth or the ground of um, of the eight points and then has been infused by chaos magic from the portal mm-hmm. that's uh, above the Varen Spire. Mm-hmm. So there's a direct portal to, to mm-hmm. chaos that's all that magic is just seeping in and and mm-hmm. um, uh, infecting and tainting the 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 blood and yeah the the idea of molten gore yeah. mm. bring an umbrella <sighs> and a little baggy sure 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 <laughs> gross um why would Nagash want this place but yeah real quick back to the north it is weird to have like on one hand there isn't like it's not a globe mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter which way you're facing however if you think about it like North is a contri- contrivance of our own. Sure. So it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just a way of finding your place in a space. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it does say that uh, the Shyish Gate, the End Gate, mm-hmm. is north of the Varen Spire. Hmm. So if if you need some orientation in this space, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's one place to, to yeah. hold on to. Well, and it did say also that um, this realm is equidistant to the other realms. It's in the center. Right in the very center of all eight realms, hmm. um, so that's an, another interesting kind of point. So there must be some kind of revolution or um, circuitous route that the realms themselves travel or can be bound into for the purposes of understanding where we are. That could be a reference less to the space and time and ease of getting there. Are you saying that there's an unreliable narrator? I'm saying is you would never. Say that. <laughs> That an equitable distance could be a metaphysical explanation. Let's let's, let's dive into this. No, we can keep going now. <laughs> um, and so uh, this this realm controlled by chaos at this point, right? That's why we're calling it the eight points. No longer the all points, which was a it was a, a, a hub of you know trade and stuff amongst all civilized. people. Also, sick burn. Yeah, right. Uh, Arcan's like, no, this is this dibs mine now. Um, I'm going to change the name just so you know, mm-hmm. and it is a. Fairly chaotic a place. Um, however, it's so bad that even Archeon doesn't want to stay here. <laughs> he is, is never he's never around because he's always out uh, campaigning and kicking butts elsewhere. You know, he uh, when he's out, he hangs something on his throne and says, "God bless this mess." <laughs> or uh, uh, out to lunch, be back, and then just it doesn't say he'll never. Who knows what gonna, <laughs> they forgot to fill out that part on purpose. Out, yeah. Um, so he's he's always abound um, in in the other realms. Um, again, you know, conquering where things ought to be conquered. Mm-hmm. Um, but he leaves plenty of plenty of his forces here. Oftentimes, it's being um, manned by the Varen Guard. Uh, 
but we'll find out that's not always the case uh, here shortly. Um, but it is it is a hive of, of chaotic activity, whether it's uh, those forces that are bound to his service or it's just the chaotic beasts that are roaming this, you know, wasteland. I don't want to say desolate wasteland because there's all sorts of uh, terrain and, and geographical features here, but still. Is uh, it a teenage wasteland? Uh, I would never <laughs> say that. Um, you didn't sing it, so is it a dollar? I don't know. So uh, Arcane is off and gone. As this story, uh, which so- which by the way becomes a really defining <laughs> part of him, like the fact that he's not in there. Which I don't know if it's kind of like the like he's the boss that never sits down, sure. you know. But it, but the fact that he's it's an empty throne, mm-hmm. and I think like his main guard that fight with him are known as the the knights of the empty throne. Yeah, the yeah. knights of the like it, it's pretty defining. Like this mm-hmm. empty chair. It's like well, pretty important. That's because he's vowed not to sit in it until he's conquered every all the realms. Oh, that is right. It becomes part of his oath. Yeah. So like he makes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Real hey guys. <laughs> just so you know, not sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> this right here, I'm working if you don't see me in this, I'm working hard. <laughs> seems, seems like a lot of effort put into so, branding his So uh, so where did you where did you go? I mean, I'm I was I was around. Like I was about. Yeah. What would <laughs> Could I make that work at work? <laughs> Did you not get my text? <laughs> but as it relates to this story, Archeon is also, again, not in the eight points, but for a particular reason, a very important reason, as opposed to the, all the other times he was gone. Mm-hmm. A tantalizing uh, reason? Yeah, he, uh, through the the div- divinations of his um, Gaunt Summoners, which, oh, by the way, all the Gaunt Summoners work for Archeon. Well, okay, that's a different conversation. Um, they were able to <laughs> suss out the location of the Dark Prince, also known as Slanesh. Uh, I don't know how wh- how you guys refer to him. He's, he's my Dark Prince. Um, Princess. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Archeon is on a mission to free Slanesh. What? What a big deal. We've been waiting mm-hmm. for this for yeah, a long time. Yeah, Mission Impossible music. Mm-hmm. And dun, dun, dun. I was thinking full take of gas. Got our sunglasses on. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. he, he definitely said that. He, yeah, like yeah. all of the Dorgar heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> sunglasses. sunglasses. But yeah, they're ready to, to they've, they've discovered the location. It's kind of layers upon layers of signs and symbols and, and seeing the effects of the, of the Necroquake. It's kind of like, I get the sense it's like, um, uh, what is it in space? Dark matter. Dark matter. Mm-hmm. You don't see dark matter. You see the, ab- like, the effects of it or the absence or the things around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that kind of thing where it's, there's just enough things happening that have helped him pinpoint where Slanesh is. Uh, and he shows, he, he forms a plan. There's 66 chains. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And each one has, it's revealed um, that each one, you know, like we know this from a few different things that each one has its own puzzle to solve or a way mm-hmm. to, to uh, break it. <clears throat> and there's a really cool exchange. Like, so <laughs> he, but you got to do it all in one go. Like he's setting this up is like, I've got to get in here and do this fast. And this is a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> if he doesn't, he has to do it before the, the elves find <laughs> out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a bit of this. <laughs> yeah. It's like the corn head of Dorgar is a strong man. And like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting together a team. Yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> Let's do this. I don't episode. Want to play it together. <laughs> <laughs> you said of me, I'm in. So he goes in, and there's a, a really cool dialogue between him and Slanesh. He shows up. He's like, "We're in," and she's like, or he, she is like, "Oh my, oh my, pretty hero." <laughs> she, she flirts with him, uh, and he's like, "I don't, I don't want to be here," yeah. but like. 
that's one quarter of my strength uh, tied up in these change. So we get a sense that uh, it does explain more like concretely that like Dorgar only has three heads because Slanish is chained up. Like it's direct um, that he just doesn't have, have access to that part of the power that he's inherited. And so it's, it's quite absent from, you know, those things. So he's like, I've got, if I'm going to go full toe to toe with the rest of the realms and like put, you know, the child King Sigmar in his place, I need this. Um, and so uh, sick burn, by the way, sick burn. Um, so, so there's just, this, it's a really cool dialogue between the two. Like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. this is definitely a it's relationship. Hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, and yeah. I don't know. I do think that if there was, <laughs> Uh, Archeon and the Dark Gods would be a dark comedy of some sort where they'd just be, you know, and there'd be the dun 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 at the end of every episode. <laughs> so, just a really cool interaction. Uh, she, uh, Slanesh tells him what he has to do. He kind of like, I already know this. Um, and so, well, he's going to like just use his sword, the, the Kingslayer on the chain. She's like, Hun. Try it. Try it. Uh, this isn't. This isn't how it works. Each of these has a different thing. This one here uh, has to be slain by corn, uh, or the, you know, like the the wrath of corn. My greatest enemy, who is yeah. an, an athematic to who would ever try to yeah. free me. Yeah. And so Dorgar's, uh, you know, um, cornate. Blood, yeah, cornate the 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 blood thirster thirster head comes on and chomps on it and breaks it and yay! And then we kind of uh, we get this the third eye of uh, uh, Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran um, kind of flickers and or gets a sense, and he gets a picture that uh, his realm, the the all eight points, have been invaded. Yeah, and, and we cut away. What else do we? Do you guys pick up on anything from this interaction or from this kind of uh, segment? Uh, I picked up that like whether it's to get there or while he's there, doesn't he have to like wade through like a, a mm-hmm. boat? But ton of Lumineth. like of Lumineth, like yep. Uh, yep. what's the word elf um, mm-hmm. elves I guess so that's kind of a glimpse a little bit is mm-hmm. to some of those those forces uh, there um, but they're 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 no match uh, for Archeon and his his Varen guard who apparently are I don't know are they flying are they jumping from island to sure. island I don't know flying, all of the above yeah. um, but they're just cleaving through these people to get to the the change yeah. of so that was pretty cool I like to see that yeah it's kind of a callback to the Wrath and Rapture box set where they mm. have that little story in it where they're talking about this kind of setup um, and I, I do really like the uh, the seven pillars of Ether Quartz on Basalt Islands that's the picture mm-hmm. that they drew of where Slanesh was so it's they're that, really filling in the details it's that iconic art a little bit right where it's just Slanesh is just like a shadowy outline yeah. but with like the lit up uh, obelisk like dark matter yeah yeah well there you go that's what you're shadowy chains yeah and the, well and it, not just shadowy like some of the links are shadow and some of them are, are mm-hmm. light which is kind of a cool effect I mean that's a great, yeah. great yeah. piece of art that'll, I think that'll be a timeless piece that people will talk about for a while um, yeah. so that's pretty cool that's yeah. my thing. Anybody else thought? Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, they talk about the, the Silver Towers, something, you know, breaking into the realm, you know, and the Gaunt Summoners are bringing all their demons to help out yeah. as well. That was cool. I like the yeah, idea yeah. of this. Uh, this is the kind of a Twilight sub-realm between mm-hmm. uh, Hish and Ugu, uh, which in and of itself, Twilight is like the specific time that fades. You know, like you don't have much time in it uh, before it turns into day or turns into night. So it's just kind of that... Um, kind of that again that pressing of time he he's gone through a lot to get here he's on the precipice of freeing slanesh and then he doesn't have much time dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. I, yeah. I like they've reestablished though the lumineth as these like almost they're floating islands in space instead of islands 
as in what they were in the old world with Old One, mm-hmm. but they've established them again as island defenders with towers. Mm. Uh, I thought that was a cool little touch. Yeah, and Moana mm. was there too. Um, Moana. Am I allowed to say that? Copyright stuff. Anyways, uh, and also I kind of like that just the sheer fact that we be- went back to the chains. Uh, cause, so if Disney sues me is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we're... we're- we do this whole thing on doing, somebody else's IP. We're doing a cover. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, but G- G- GW is cool. Uh, no, uh, Disney's going to get you. <laughs> Not cool. Disney. Well, but GW is working with Marvel, which is part of Disney. Oh, so wait, wait, wait. We're going to be talking about the mouse wait, next week. do we all work for Disney right now? Um, is this the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Right. But uh, I, I like that they went back to the chains and they, they brought up another, like, um, conundrum to unlock another chain so that if, there, if there are 66 chains we've kind of broken through i don't know five or six or seven of them at this point like there's a chance we'll actually identify every single one of them and, and break them over time yeah there's interesting contradiction here where it talked about the chains and that like they were made as such with the different ways to break them so that one action couldn't break more than one mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. in a previous story we heard about the necroquake being able to I guess it loosened or weakened Weekend. a number of them yeah, with yeah, one yeah, go. Right. Sure. Um, so maybe that's just the fact that maybe there's that that base magic that's a part of all of them that was weakened, and so mm-hmm. that was enough. But and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if if we get down to like you know half or something like that. At one point, Solanus will just just break. He'll just break through whatever's left of them. So I I don't know that we'll get to the sixty sixth one. I'll uh, break these chains. All right. So that's it. That's and a solid learn buck. to fly yeah. again. Is that another dollar? Uh, no, mm-hmm. same buck. Um, <laughs> But I don't know the fact, the fact that we're we're re re evaluating, re looking at those chains and the the anathemas that they contain is is very mm-hmm. cool to me. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Um, and Archeon, cut he, scene. He, he, here's a call, and the scene cuts. And now I think we're in the meat of the story. This is where the the brunt of the we're action. Did, uh, happens. We're in the bones. Ooh, in the bones. Um, the marrow. The marrow. Ooh. Even all right. To marrow. So, that's to another dollar. Guys, let's find out why uh, Archeon felt the, the pull back <laughs> to the eight points. So uh, we talked about how Catacross on a mission to, uh, let's just say, take back the eight points for, for Nagash. Um, Big problem. Hit me. There is a large bastion on the other side of the end gate. Now he knows that if he can take his forces up against... Uh, the chaos forces that might be on this side and the Shire side of the end gate, he would still have to deal with the ones that are on the other side. And that is much more fortified. And while, um, and I'm assuming he's got like spies and he's got like the night haunt that they've been in there and stuff like that. They're bringing messages back. Like he knows things like he's got that mapped inside out, like oceans 11, <laughs> you know, real good. So we're doing another heist film. Yes. Another, it's another, <laughs> does that, uh, I, it, does that have a theme? I don't know that theme song. I don't know it either. Uh, but it's owned by Disney, so we probably shouldn't do anything about yeah, it. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll stay away this time. It, we're not afraid of you. Uh, at first, uh, I thought it was interesting. They don't even talk about Gothazar. They don't talk about the the Bastion at all on the uh, on the Shaiish side, except for that the bodies of the defenders come through eventually. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's uh, there is yeah there is chaos defending the the Shaiish side, right? Um, but there's definitely a bigger force on the the inside. So you do think. Like, it sets up how things work, but it doesn't necessarily waste the time 
taking us through every battle, right. uh, which right. is nice because I think early AOS lore, you'd get every battle. Um, and this one kind of cuts to the chase and just says that was the minor one. So on the other side, while Archeon is gone, uh, his, um, is it, they call it Castellan or uh, Seneschal. Seneschal. Mm-hmm. Um, Solid vocab words, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Saskrid, Lord Naaman Saskrid, Seneschal of Spire. So he's a Chaos Lord. And in this case and in this book, they use the model, the Chaos Lord that came in the new Start Collecting box, mm-hmm. um, writing the giant lizard thing. And uh, so he's just a big name. He's got a big force. This is a bastion like no other. Uh, in all of the eight points, it seems like they set it up that way. Uh, and so this is, um, we also get a, a setup that the OCR have a certain number and they're, you know, like obviously he's strategic, he's not going to, he's efficient, but the numbers on the other side of the gate in, in the, the eight points are just massive. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, he's not going to win on numbers, but, um, but yeah, so we get onto the, we get, Take the point of view inside the the eight points. We're from the point of view of uh, Saskrid, and he is at the Varen Spire, kind of directing things. And you get a little bit of this, like you know, the lead from behind sense a lot from both Saskrid and uh, Catacros, but like real far behind. Like they, they can send messages and they can make things happen from pretty pretty far away, um, but. There's a few things that tip off Sasker that something's happening. I think one of the big ones is is the Tongueless Lord, which mm-hmm. is one of the Gaunt sum- Summoners that Arcan had left back uh, in the Eight Points, and so he is getting a sense that like s- something's up at the end end gates, mm-hmm. and like he, he's pretty in tune with the magics throughout the Eight Points. Uh, but the fact that like his vision is starting to get clouded a little bit, like his his senses over by the Eight Points are are getting. Affected or interfered with by the by um, necropan- necromatic uh, magic, mm-hmm. um, clues him up, clues him in, in that, that something's up, something's going on down there, yeah. and because of that, uh, hey Saskarin, you need to get your butt down there. And he so, throws up the bat signal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and they do, and, and Saskarin hops on his whatever the lizard thing is called, uh, and he. I saw the sign. Sure, there you go. Well, you owe a buck too. First Josh buck. Um, <laughs> Uh, and they they rush to go reinforce the fortress that is you know guarding the end gates on the eight point side. I keep calling it all points. North side. North side. Yeah, yeah. North side best. <laughs> well, it's side. kind of the south side, isn't it? Because it's in the north. It's rimward. If it's on north, and Shrinesh is north. I don't want to play this side. game anymore. Um, <laughs> and so they 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 head on Russian, and eventually the um, the folks that are in um, the it's, what's the name of the fortress? It's got a name with a Carheit. Carheit, yes, Carheit on on this side of the engage. Um, How tall is it? Uh, about about this height. All right, give or take. Um, but they are watching the gate. They're aware themselves that you know something's going down on the other side of it, and it starts to ripple as if something's coming through. But like that's no big deal, right? Like we we control this gate, so it's like a water surface a little bit. Um, but they're like, yeah, people come through all the time. It's not the end of the world, and and they start to see these chaos clad uh, individuals. Sort yeah, of walking through, yeah, something like that. And they're like, "Oh, guys, what were we worried about? Yes. It's, it's just our, it's just our dudes." Um, but they continue to walk forward a little shambly, a little uh, awkwardly, and it turns out, oh no, they are not our chaos friends, but rather they are the like zombified forces of yeah. Gothazar from the other side of the gate, and they mm. are amassing in numbers, just mindlessly walking towards um, our our fortress. Uh, they probably have ill intent. 
Well, we're not in a good place. Setting up all the booby traps. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. they fall into pits and go into the lava and fill up the yeah the spikes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yep, more veronite. You <laughs> <laughs> need veronite. Stir the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like you guys are saying, um, they are able to sort of easily handle these. I guess, uh, slow moving, um, you Dead know, zombified. Rockers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no big deal. Like, they handle stuff like this all the time. Marambis. Yeah, if you're defending, uh, the Shyishian gate, like, I'm sure you see Marambis. stuff. This is, this is commonplace. This is, this is, uh, not, uh, not new news, but rather old news. Um, but that's not it. That's, that's not the forces of death. Doesn't stop there? No, no. That's not their best best effort. Yeah, out come the Bone Reapers. Out come the, the Vanguard. Bo- not quite. Against the Vanguard. Oh, sure. Well, it is kind of a little bit. Nope, not even the Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Not a single one. There is kind of a Vanguard that then comes through the gate next, though, right? So yeah. one of the benefits was that uh, these these zombies can't like penetrate the forces. This is a huge fortress. The, the walls and the pits and so on and so forth. It's going to physically keep these things out. Uh, but what, uh, what happens if you're trying to fight a force that doesn't get stopped by physical walls or physical mm-hmm. pits? What happens then? Paul, tell me about it. Uh, you kind of die kind of a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. We have yeah. the, the realm get ripple again. Bloop, bloop. And uh, Lady Olender comes in with all of her Nighthawn forces, and they're just like, we don't care about walls. Where are we going? We don't need walls. <laughs> yeah, three sheets to the wind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Nighthawn come pouring out. Yep. And they don't, yeah, they don't care about the walls. They just mm-hmm. flood in. Yep. They flood through. Uh, the weapons of the of the defenders of the Carhite have. We're not expecting that. No. Uh, and it's just like a blender of of uh, ghastly energy, ghastly energy. Gross. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that it isn't. So uh, the defenders are doing what they can. I mean, some other weapons are like effective against them, but yeah. not all. Like their mundane weapons don't really do anything. Um, but it seems like they're getting picked apart pretty pretty clearly. They need to be reinforced. What, what do you know? Here comes... Yeah, there, here comes... We uh, get Untamed Beasts. We get Iron Golems. We get Cypher, Cypher Lords coming in. Friend, or Enemies become frenemies. Uh, they mm-hmm. all pi- pile in. The Untamed Beasts get there first because they're the fastest. So fast. But the Cypher Lords twist and flip and sword fight mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it looks cool, uh, but it doesn't last long. Uh, mm-hmm. Lady Olinder comes through the gate uh, and just reinforces everything with her ghastly yeah. frightening mood uh mm-hmm. and just a big uh, downer and yeah. and mm-hmm. scatters chaos from the from the bastion out into the plains beyond and she chases them down uh but well that yeah but that's not before saskarin arrives oh, yeah. as well right. he tries to get into the fortress but like initially he can't because the walls are all there how am i going to get through like the doors like overwhelmed by ghosts and stuff but like uh the tongueless lord also rolls up with i think his silver i think his silver tower is just floating around just kind of peeks in from above he's throwing demons at the problem um he's casting spells he breaks down the wall and lets saskarin in and so like it's kind of this ebb and flow thing called uh unbound flux something flux flux like that just kind of points this unnamed weird thing and it makes things happen sure you just described zinch in so many words (laughs) um and so there's this ebb and flow of, you know, uh, we've got our ghosts, but then the forces of chaos come to reinforce, but then there's more ghosts, and then, mm-hmm. like, it's just always a back and forth. Someone is always rushing to the, the rescue, basically. Uh, but it, Eric, I think, said it, like, it comes down to Lady Oilinder with her, her bummer energy, 
uh, spooks everyone <laughs> spooks everyone out of there and scares everyone out. Um, uh, uh-huh. The gaunt summoner realizes uh-huh. it's kind of a lost cause, and he's like, "Ooh, Arcan's gonna be pretty ticked uh, that I let this happen, but it's better than dying at the end of Lady Olinder's hourglass or something." So he poofs up uh-huh. on out of, out of existence. Uh-huh. Um, but Lord Saskarin has no such delusions, and he thinks, "All right, well, look, I only got one shot at this to like sort of redeem myself here. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna gun for her." She takes him one last desperate, like, charge, jumps off a ledge or something. I can't remember. Um, but she catches him in, in the act, uh, stops him <laughs> dead in his tracks, uh, and basically sucks the life out of him. Yeah, no, um, no, no, no. She shows him her face. Oh, there's that, yep. too, and yeah. his heart bursts. Bah! Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So she doesn't, to, she doesn't pull the same move as she did. Time to the, face the music. <laughs> bummer, dude. <laughs> You're such a bummer. Bu- the bummer mood. I like Stone that. cold bummer. Um, <laughs> and the Carhite, Carhite, Carhite uh, is lost yep. to the mm-hmm. forces of the Night Haunt. Not even the Bone Reapers. Bone nope, Reapers didn't nope. have to lift a bony finger. And there's this veil of darkness covering the whole area. So now yep. even the Tongue of Scord can't see anything. No. Yeah. It's that guy. Yep. Choke so, on it. They chase uh, out into the wilderness a little bit, and they come up to the forest, forest of eyes. Sounds like, uh, a, sounds sounds like, like cool. Paul's place. kind of forest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all in favor of going into this forest? I eyes have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something special about this? Uh, it's full of spiders, <laughs> and not just uh, any spiders. It's full of chaotic, like just grossly over. Grown, like soul spinners, soul spin, yeah, like just it's called the force of the eyes because there's these uh, spiders just they prey on everything and they basically depopulated the area within a certain amount of yeah all the all the chaos that's fighting in the forest and the night haunt that are fighting the forest are susceptible Uh, so when they fall if they get tangled up Mm -hmm. uh, they can suck the soul out of the night haunt as well Mm -hmm. spiders spiders in the mortal realms and then also here are always like. A little weird. Like, they always have something to do with, like, souls or, like, prophecies. or They're yeah. always, like, mystical and magical. Why, when's a what spider mean? just a spider? Yeah, why can't, why can't I just have a regular spider? When's an Arachnorok? No. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work that way. All right, Aaron? It doesn't work that way. What's it's the, too cool. What's the one spiders in, to the max! What's the one that's in the book? Dream Spiders. No, and, and the battle. Dream what's the, like, the weird... Oh, Skater black. Strand. Skater Strand. Yeah, even yeah. those are weird, too. Um, also a buck. Don't think I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dream Rivers is a solid reference, though. Yeah. yeah. In terms, um, uh-huh. uh, so they, they can't stay in there long. Uh, Lady Olinder uh, suffers a lot of casualties in this forest. It's pretty huge space. It's not like a little tiny grove or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and... Not only that, but there are three chaos heroes that saw the bat signal, uh, which is basically the ever chosen icon up in the sky. Yep, yep. Uh, and they came around with their forces. Um, we have right? one we know is uh, the Marikar Blood Sky, yeah. right. who we've seen we before. Go. She's a veteran of the basically the the Necroquake War, I guess you'd maybe the call malign port. Yeah, the yeah. malign so, port. Yeah, she had fought the battle uh, to try and stop uh, the. Mm-hmm. Nadir. Yep, yep. The um, Dark Oath War Queen. Uh, but in, and reflects back on how um, the Stormcast had thwarted her. She woke up <laughs> some grave sand going, dang it, it didn't work. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so. Uh, An Archeon spared her. Yeah. Uh, saw something in her. Mm hmm. Uh, so she she didn't see it so she shows up with her dark oath uh war band Mm -hmm. thousands strong then there's another dude um lord crawin carrick's 
and his red thousand, which I'm like, thousand's not that much. Not really. I mean, in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> but this thousand is uh, Chaos Warriors in crimson red armor with flaming uh, weapons and, and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. they're pretty, you know, kind of blendery corn mm-hmm. uh, type. And then last but not least... Well, kind of least. Florg the Bile Spewer uh, with his um, Blight Lords and Blight Kings and... He has a lot of drones, doesn't he? Doesn't he's, he's, drones. A, yeah. he's a flyer kind of guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and he and he himself is on like a magic oh, manticore. <laughs> he's on a manticore, yes. Yeah. Um, so they all kind of converge at the point where Lady Olinder is not doing well. Um, and she tries to pull some tricks. It's kind of like the classic... like. In the previous battle, it's a, oh, we're doing really, really good. Oh, no, they've got they've been reinforced. Now but now we've been reinforced. Oh, now they've been reinforced. Someone came out of nowhere. Everybody's mm-hmm. flanking everybody constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to get those charge bonuses. And the spiders though. just benefit. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spiders <laughs> just feeding on everything. Gobbling them up. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't then, think it was intentional, but yeah. That sound, I'm going to clip that sound in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kurdos comes in, her right hand man, uh, her betrothed uh, for life. I mean, for death, for unlife, um, and uh, tries to smash some fools. Uh, but then the tongueless lord comes back. Oh God, tongueless lord, leave us uh, be! And he comes back like dangling some sort of something. Has herded a bunch of endless spells. And this was one of the kind of the coolest ideas that they they seeded earlier on. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's hunting packs of endless spells. Like they got lonely and they're like, hey, I'm an endless spell, but you know what's better than one endless spell? Ten <laughs> endless spells. And they're like, wait, no, but there's only two of us. You can't count, can you? <laughs> Shut up, let's eat. Two don't make a pack. Uh, so they, uh, so there's like roving packs of endless spells going like of different kinds, like. Hey, you're really good at spitting fire. Whoa, you make things feel woozy. Uh, you know, like, so they <laughs> do things feel woozy. <laughs> so, How did you die? So, so, it made me feel woozy. <laughs> so, uh, the, I mean, that's how an endless spell is going to feel about it. Like, they're not going to... Is it a martini endless they're not, spell? They're not going <laughs> to feel the same it? as a human is yeah. from that spell. I don't know why he died. It just made him woozy. Uh, <laughs> so, the Thomas Lord is able to, like, corral a whole bunch of these into the fray. Uh, which is a little unfair, but Lady Olinder has to retreat. Yeah. Back oh, yeah. to the Carhite Gate, back into that shroud, uh, where they're protected and mm-hmm. can't be seen. And, and she took quite a bit, like some devastating losses, mm-hmm. such that, like, it, it's kind of put her specifically on the back foot. And oh, gosh, maybe death isn't looking so good unless. Uh oh. Under the Shroud of Darkness, mm-hmm. the OCR Bone Reapers have been making their way in. Yeah. They're going to take the field. Yeah. So far, everything's going as planned. Convenient. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 uh. Don't you doubt. <laughs> Catacros has your number. Mm-hmm. It's uh, four. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> just, just four. four. Yeah. It's a good no, round number. Yeah. Ten thousand. Not really a round. <laughs> um, no more, no less. Ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. Um, mine's four. Mine's just four. It's us right here in this room. Is that I don't need anymore. It's just you guys. <laughs> Um, <laughs> four is the loneliest number that you've like ever. So many dollars. I use that a lot. Because exactly. he's paying for wings tonight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but so Lady o, Lady o retreats, uh, but Catacros takes the field. Um, he's able to. They've been bringing in their forces, like Josh just said, uh, into the eight points, and they are ready to uh, do some work. 
and do mm-hmm. some work they do. So they they advance up the I don't know road highway uh, towards the Varen Spire. Again, this is all sort of circular. So there's probably, are they on a highway to hell? Maybe yeah. you could say all roads lead to the Varen Spire, though. Oh yeah. Um, mm. Also, the Varen Spire wasn't built in a day. Uh, went in the Varen Spire. <laughs> uh, so they head on uh, into, into town basically, and they they come across this like mountain range or mountain pass, and they catacross the expert. Tactician says, "All right, this is this is a great spot. I'm going to set up." No, 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 no. He didn't come by it. He already knew. He knew it was there. He knew. He had it on his map that we didn't get to see in the book. (laughs) (laughs) But he has a map, and the Haraz Torment. Yeah, you got it. uh, Which is uh, the kind of the place of this Gargant warlord uh, used that as his kind of fortification and whatnot. uh, But thought he uh, was. Equal to Archeon better than Archeon, but Archeon had to stick him in the face with a, his red poker. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's and, what he calls it. And, and, and killed him. But this particular mountain range is, is where Catacross believes he can make a stand against mm-hmm. uh, forces larger than his own. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see that model? Uh, the Gargant? The Chaos Gargant King Warlord? I think we might soon. Any minute now. No. Oh. Sons of Behemoth. 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 I mean, that's how they say it, right? I think so, yeah. And we have to be respectful. <laughs> it's when in the Varenspire, yeah. Mm. Um, so it's this, it's this like mountain pass. There's like a cliff on one side. There's like a huge long drop into a like, river. like a river mm-hmm. or something. Acidic river. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, pretty hardcore. Uh, or, I mean, mild as far as the Varen, or the eight points goes. <laughs> I don't really know, I guess. Um, but he sets up shop here and he's, he, he plops a bunch of his... Mm, these things catapult catapult things what are they called the More crawlers tech. crawlers crawlers yep. sounds, sounds right to me. the artillery uh pieces and he sits up sets them up on a hill and he's like all right well i know some some folks are probably going to be running through here uh well we'll make sure that they have a bad time of it and lo and behold uh merrick what is that you say her name mark Har, blood sky uh does that just that with a few other you know chaos war bands as well mm-hmm. um they come heading up the path uh, sort of with the momentum of their win in the Forest of Eyes, thinking that, all right, we're going to take the fight back and we're going to retake Carhite, uh, the uh, fortress outside the Endgate. Mm-hmm. And so they do. And so they, they are running through this mountain pass and they see, all right, well, we're facing off with this new threat, these, these death forces. Uh, the train's not great, but we got to do what we got to do as they're sort of being under under bombardment from these uh, Mortec Bombardment. Uh, yeah. yep. The Mortec Guard set up a big shield wall doing with their spears. Yep, uh, yep. And they talk... They try and explain the tactical, you know, bit of they're on a slope. So Whoosh, that the, over my head. Yeah, that the Mortec Guard have a better footing and all this kind of stuff. Have it's, you seen the movie 300? I have. This is 300. Yep. Exactly. Right? Mm. There were catapults on the cliffs, which was different, but this is 300. The 300 Mortec Guard just holding sitting the there pass. holding the pass. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Except they don't hold the pass. What? Because Maricar. Maricar. and. <laughs> Crixkis and Throrg. Throrg. Uh, right are all now. kind of coming in, but <laughs> but the yeah, Marikar kind of creates a little bit of a, a, a space in that shield wall, and Crixis comes in with his red thousand and they start blundering stuff and they mm-hmm. push through and they push up the mountain to where Catacros is sitting. With his catapults, uh, kind of being planned. high and mighty. Just <laughs> all according to plan. We don't know that yet. They don't know that yet, but they get up there. And as they're kind of getting up there, he sends his uh, cavalry. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is his cavalry's oh, guy's name? I, we got to learn that name because he's probably going to come up a lot. But um, uh, but he sends his his cavalry master 
cavalry, not cavalry, no. uh, cavalry master. Uh, and Cavalos. Cavalos. Uh, the cavalry. Santos. And it's kind of cool Cavalos. as they talk about the steeds being, because they're fearless, because they just obey, mm-hmm. they're able to um, uh, circumnavigate the like craggy, steep parts of the mountain mm-hmm. uh, with sure footing, not losing a single one. So they're kind of like billy goats, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Right. And then they come back underneath uh where they were kind of just going kind of up. behind just yeah. kind of they trap them in this valley and, and do a pincher move yeah <laughs> kind of like 300 mm-hmm. <laughs> is it does it change Does 300 things? have horses <sighs> yeah well they had the army that went up over the small mountain pass and came in and attacked from the back does it make no, it more horses. impressive that all the like the horses for the most part are actually people like are, are like human souls that are populating mm-hmm. those uh, i think that's why they can like that was my understanding of why they were able to pick this path so nicely, mm-hmm. right? Because, like... I don't know if all of them are, but enough, because we read in the mm-hmm. bathroom or something, enough people were yeah. demoted to, like, you're a horse now, <laughs> nerd. You're yeah. the back end of a horse yeah. for you're the rest that. of your own life. But I could imagine... I mean, there's some people that I met, I know... I don't want to be horses. Are you I mean, some people we only consider to be part of a horse, yeah. right? <laughs> um, More kind of a donkey horse combination. Thanks for not or, making, or making a hind me quarter. Thanks for not making me bleep it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they 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 end up just destroying um, the Red Thousand uh, unequivocally. Quite a bit of Maricar's uh, forces, you know, and she makes a similar kind of like. Archeon would probably appreciate me saving some of my resources and not obliterating it here. Um, and finds that, uh, part of it is that the, the Mortec guard who had their line had been broken, hadn't been broken. It had been just a ploy to let them through to, to get them into the trap. They just reform. Um, uh, and one of the literally things, reform. Yeah. One of the things mm-hmm. they talk about here too in this, um, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but yeah. So, Catacross wipes the floor with these three armies that outnumbered them. Uh, it is time to set up shop. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so that's the thing is that he makes it a point to call out the fact that, like, all right, well, I just obliterated these forces. I, now I've got the momentum. Let's let's ride this train into the Varenspire. No, that's not how Catacross plays. Uh, he actually retreats. He Retreats, maybe not the word, but he... Mm, he tactical bo- retreat. Yeah, pe- tactical retreat. Boogies on back to Carhite, uh, which is... With with these resources that he's gained now, and by resources I mean bones, bones. the weirdo, uh, and he, he brings them back yeah, back bones, home bones, so that bones. he can uh, redesign, let's say, Carhite in his own image. Does he take them or does he just borrow them? <laughs> uh, they haven't been buried like, yet. Is it a barrow? Like a barrow joke? White. He goes back to build. Yeah, to build, to create. He's given himself space. He's knocked out these forces, and he's given himself space to build. Well, mm-hmm. and he's also given himself the resources to build. And the right? resources like, to build. The understanding for me is that he needed. He's got investors now. These resources in order to do what he wanted with the mm-hmm. car height. Well, oh. and the guy's not. He's not in a rush, right? Like he's a, he's a cerebral kind of like. Is he in uh, Chicago? General, maybe. Um, more of a. I don't more know. More of a Manhattan steamroller. There you go. Well, uh, and you can imagine that while he's defeating them, uh, they talk about this a couple times where he's sending messages back to other places and saying, oh, yeah, I've got this third battle that's going on over here, so I'm probably going to send some of these birds to go send messages over there, tell them, give them orders, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, they're, 
he's got a plan. He's got a diagram. It's already back in, in that shroud. You know, things are already underway there. He just needed this collection of bones and material to go and mm-hmm. uh, get that done. And that is called the Arcs Terminus. Oh, such cool name. Imagine how disheartening it must be to, like, if you ever realize that, like, oh, he doesn't even care to, like, f- he doesn't care about the fight or the winning of the battle. He literally just wanted to harvest us. Like, that, mm-hmm. ouch. Eesh. No, no, no. He no, just no. farmed Aaron, me. Yeah. No. Let's, let's not lie to ourselves, Aaron. You just completed, completed filing off the last bit in your box. Do you rush to go and build it? Is that the point? No. I mean, yeah. The, what? Yeah. No, but sometimes it is the point. But sometimes just finishing <laughs> the job you set out to do is enough, right? No, but then I put it. To, I put it together okay. immediately, right okay. then. I don't do anything else. <laughs> well, now you're going to build. You've got your resources. That's true. What, build- they build- <laughs> what do they build this out of? A bone. Carry on, my wayward son. Mm. <laughs> um, I need Davy. <laughs> so this is a, a really cool. The Arcs Terminus is this master plan building that he's got um, had had plans for, and I imagine in his off time he's building stuff like this. Like he's drawing this stuff out. He's like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool to have a chair that does this? Or you know, here's like Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci only with bones and with murder in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, you just made me realize. <laughs> That dude totally plays Warhammer in his free time, for sure, right? Oh, like, just yeah. practicing different <laughs> tactics and stuff. Oh, yeah, and he's, yeah, like, yeah. moving things around with those big sticks with, like, you know, you push the models <laughs> like, across on a big map. Mm-hmm. That's totally his jam. And the guys that he really doesn't like, he puts their souls into the ones that always lose. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, I'm going to pick you apart again. Nice. Can't you a jerk. <laughs> so he builds this um, thing, and, and the way they talk about it is it's shaped like a seven-fingered hand yep. jutting oh. from the end gate out into the um, the eight points. And the reason it's built in such a way so that when forces attack it, that they're just kind of like cattle herded into murder pens. Um, and the whole thing from like each of the fingers has catapults that overlap their ranges to be able to defend the other fingers. Uh, as people, I imagine just, you know, that there's like an ease of battle that, forces them down towards like the the um what are these called the creases or the the knuckles um where they just get pummeled and punished and stabbed and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it just basically like why why go why go to collect the the bones when the bones come to you in their meat suits and mm-hmm. then yep. you just take the meat suits off and then you got the bones mm-hmm. so it's just i mean and it's just this stuff. it's a murder factory yeah. mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. just a bone collecting factory and it's gruesome and dark uh they do talk Effective. about one <laughs> chaos warband that's able to kind of beat through it and get to uh, at the center of what i imagine is the palm uh, is a tower, a dark obsidian tower that mm-hmm. uh, Catacross makes his throne room and can oversee, you know, watch his murder machine ha- work. Mm-hmm. And they manage to like get to the gates. Um, but uh, Lady Olinda or a number of, I can't remember what it was that. He sent some of his elite multiple yeah, some arm of, guys. Yeah, and some yeah. of his, uh, you know, death mages, you know, come and shrivel up one side of his body, send him off and, mm-hmm. and chase him away. That's, um, a, that's Gore and Thrax. You is. know what? Who who remembers? <laughs> yeah, it's true. He dies so quickly. What, what difference does it make? Um, but this was the second stage because he had enough material to build the murder machine, and then he needed uh, them to like the forces of chaos to come running at him. Like part of the reason he didn't go chasing them is because that would have been hard. He knew they're going to come at him. He's 
got them where he wants them, he gets more resources that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he built up his force and it's gets like ready a, to march out. It's like a Sigmar f- version of like Uber Eats, right? Like they just deliver it right to your front door. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it describes it in an interesting way. There's got levels and levels of catacombs where they're building more and more guard and weapons yeah. and can put out a thousand a day as long as he's got enough bones. Yeah, there was this when building, he's like, it doesn't have much, enough material. Like, this is a factory. Like, mm-hmm. he had just yeah, every bit of it's planned out for efficiency. And, you know, there's definitely signs. It's been zero days since <laughs> we didn't make an, a Bone Reaper. <laughs> zero seconds since we didn't make a Bone Reaper. Um, at one point, like, there's a bunch of chaos gargants that were able to, like, beat down, like, a hole in one of the walls or something. Mm-hmm. But as quickly as they're able to, like, strike a hole in it, like, the mages on the other side of it are able to reform it with bone. Like, yep. so they aren't ever able to make any yep. progress. And giant bone works great yeah. for making bone reapers. Love that giant bone. Mm-hmm. Um, mwah, chef's kiss, giant bone. Um, <laughs> More Veronite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, he, they'd been hunkered down for a little bit. They've been weathering the storm of these chaos forces that have been just sort of wildly throwing themselves at the at the gates, mm. building up his forces uh, right right there in the factory. Um, it's now time to cow move time. on out. Yeah, now time, cow time, uh, to head and bring the fight deeper into the Varen Spire. We've, we've, it's time to move on. Yeah, uh, it's time to... <laughs> something really bold. pushing that one, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Utter destruction. All right. Uh, I, can, I can play. I can hang. Um, they, <laughs> let's let's hoof it along. Catacross <laughs> uh, marches his forces deeper uh, back in, back basically back into the fray towards the Baron Spire. Yeah, oh. Campaign. Yep, yep. Um, and so they do that. He's got a real stake in it. <laughs> You're milking this one. Yep. You know, well, it's because Archeon and Kakros have a real beef. Utter nonsense. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry, Davey. I'm sorry. Aaron. We all need a second. I think we all need a second. <laughs> Take the bull by the horns and wrestle this thing to the ground. Oh, God. On. Ole. Yeah. Anyways, uh, where do we, what are we doing? Where are so we So we're ha- campaigning out towards, uh, out down the highway South towards the Varen Spire. Are we, are we on a cattle drive? <laughs> uh, and we are um, meeting the forces of chaos all along the way. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how he doesn't waste a thing. He's killing uh, the Raptorixes. He sees a stray bird. He's taking that thing down. Yeah. Uh, forces, mm-hmm. like, you know, you get more iron guts. You get some more or iron, not iron guts, um, iron Bones. golems and, and untamed beasts trying to flank and, and harry them. And they chase them down. Uh, and uh, just, again, more forces of chaos coming at them. And they start more tactics talk where he starts splitting up his forces into smaller pockets to make it look like they're just small war bands or small forces out into the reaches Oh, chaos force wolves like ah they'll take the bait and they'll come try and attack them meanwhile they'll send somebody back to warn the main body and that that little force will pull back in time for them to ambush the bigger force and really kind of uh take them by surprise so they're just Real playing tricky. all these tactics tac- tactics as they're getting making their way to the varian spire um and uh all the while again part of this machine as soon as they um kill some things they get that stuff sent back down the highway um, by the Gothazar harvesters, I imagine. Just mm-hmm. rows and rows of harvesters. I imagine some of those same like skeletons that used to grab Realmstone. Like they're using regular, got to be using regular skeletons to just haul stuff back and forth. Mm. Um, oh, no, no skellies here. This is all OBRs. I mean, just, there's a hierarchy. They're just not in the fray because you don't need them to fight. 
Anyway, but yeah, the Goths, <laughs> Goths are harvesters going back, filling up the tanks. They're sending, re- they're building up new stuff, sending reinforcements back. Um, and so they're, su- you know, the forces of chaos are surprised that even when they take a chunk out of his army, it's able to, uh, you know, shore up, switch direction, directions, change tactics, be in different places, um, all that kind of good stuff. So, Kakro's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But they, through all this fighting and journeying, they do eventually make it to, um, I guess the outskirts of the fair inspired, like in, the, in sort of mm-hmm. the towns and districts that are sort of outside the, the, the city proper. We know it's sort of made up of rings. And so they reached like the outer ring of this uh, out not city, I guess is what you'd call it. Um, the exurbs, the yeah, yeah. suburbs. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. they're able to actually break into and Forge sprawl. Yeah. yeah uh, take on um, the... the Angus Cool Grand. Angus Cool Grand. Yep. yep. And so this is a... Angus? Guys. <laughs> We'll cool it, all right? Anger. I mean, that's what it says on the page. Yeah, the Iron Skull Forge Sprawl. Sure. Uh, Josh, tell, tell us about this. Well, apparently it's a place where uh, Archeon is, is making lots of demon engines, which I thought was interesting. But So I think it's more of a reference. You know, it's, it's, by, it's run by the Dwarven Slave Masters, so they must be the Chaos Dwarves, yeah. and they're making demon mortars and other sorts of uh, engines of destruction. Mm-hmm. And so Catacross is hitting this place to, you know, to take that capability away from Archeon and also, uh, you know, devastate that supply and get a little closer to the Varenspire. Yeah, like, Catacross uh, uses quite a bit of artillery himself, and so like, a good tactic, I reckon, would be do what you can to take out the opposing forces artillery, right? Exactly. And disrupt that, that um, supply line. Mm-hmm. And so they break into this this district of, of the the Varenspire um, and do what they can to sort of maneuver their way deeper into the sort of the heart of this the city. But in doing so, this is now kind of like an urban warfare type deal where their large forces, although, you know, powerful and capable, are sort of at the mercy of sort of like a little guerrilla warfare throughout the, the city streets, um, around the buildings and things like that. And although there's not you know, particularly large forces of defenders. It's it's almost maybe poorly defended, with the exception of like these different war bands that are uh, attacking and striking and and surprising the the Bone Reapers. Um, I think a lot of them are like unmade. Have made this like yeah, particular area and, and mm-hmm. other Chaos Warriors yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. Formoroid Crushers and other sorts of yeah. things too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's very much uh, city streets. Maybe not quite siege type warfare, but stuff mm-hmm. like that. No longer yeah. the open battlefield uh, anymore. Yep, it seems like yeah, underground. Uh, it's kind of like feels like the mines of Mordor. Where, what is the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Where the orcs Moria? are? Yeah. Moria. Moria. There we yeah. go. I'm bad at that trivia stuff, but and names. But yeah, so I mean, it just feels like deep underground. Feels like there's just tons of catacombs of building stuff. I think it's really interesting here too to target this. You talked about certainly, um, you know, targeting his resources, but unlike, like through this all, all of this, we've seen how. The OCR have the ability to replenish their resources or use their resources to quickly and easily rebuild things. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of summoning tons of demons, chaos is is likely less able to ramp up quickly when it comes to war machines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I would imagine just because, again, the chaotic nature, getting people to work together, um, getting that know how in the right place, just seems like a harder harder sell they're mm-hmm. not known for their assembly lines no. yeah but well and i think what the, the story is really telling is um Kenikros is completely in control of everything going on here yep. right like mm-hmm. he has this plan he has this communication going back and forth 
And what it's really making apparent is that the, the chaos forces that are in the eight points, they're not communicating with each other, right? Like, oh, you send out this small band of like, you know, 10 riders and this larger band of like 40 warriors are like, oh, we can take them. And then they get drawn in and they get killed. And this happens over and over and over again. Even when they're in the outskirts of the Forge City, it's like, oh, the Unmade will be able to take it. But they're not actually sending armies. They're just sending individual groups after Catacros. And it's like Catacros knows that this is not the challenge, right? Because his communication allows him to know where everything is and to be able to adapt to that. Whereas he's just picking off everything piecemeal because they're not talking with each other, right? They are being Mm -hmm. chaotic as he is being order. Mm Mm-hmm. He's not really facing the full strength, like a full combined strength of, of chaos. An uh, organized strength. An organized strength, yeah. yeah. So he, while navigating this this district, he d- they make it to the shores of the uh, Soul Splinter River, uh, which is, ends up being pretty close to the Varen Spire. And then uh, we feel a rumble in the ground. And if he wanted to face uh, an organized force of chaos... It's going to be knocking on his doorstep uh, any moment now because mm-hmm. it knock, seems like knock, knocking on our can's door. You're darn right, because uh, Daddy's home, uh, and he's he's not very happy. He's got the belt. The now. horizon <laughs> is ablaze. Uh, the forces of corn uh, demons and zinch demons and um, Nurgle demons come flying and in. Slanish, uh, yeah, and the host of the empty throne and. Dorgar and Archeon mm-hmm. come slamming into Chaos the, the space. Volcanoes are erupting and mutated <sighs> beasts are pyrotechnics. Yeah. Like the very landscape is like writhing and like reacting to the uh, the re-arrival of and, Archeon. And I, would, I would argue that he's not facing an organized force of chaos. That this is just brute force. Like this is everything that Archeon could gather in a moment's notice to come at Catacros. Like, but they're, I would say they're not talking to each other. Yeah. He's not telling them where to go or what to do. He's just, it's a show of force. So, like, Catacross is caught in a mosh pit, basically, of like mm-hmm. all of these different forces that it is like, hey, what'd you just do? Yeah. 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 Is that what they said? <laughs> yeah. That direct quote. What did you direct quote? They, they put aside their differences for a common, you know. Yeah, enemy, enemy. My enemy yep. is my friend. So Catacross mm-hmm. sees this bearing down on him, and he's like, "All right, everybody, let's let's uh, reform up. Let's uh, mm-hmm. g- give me my lines. Give yeah. me my you know. W- w- we're trained. Um, we know we know our business. Uh, let's let's get at it." And so they reform their lines to face Arcan and his forces, yep. who are you know flying in out of nowhere. And he's unwavered. It says that if his face could show expression, he'd be smiling. He's been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know like fear, like nothing, nope. like. In, in his bones yep. and he knows it but he knows this is like he also has this sense that this will be a challenge mm-hmm. like this there's not a like delusion here mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he's definitely going to win or that, yeah. he's, or that he's definitely going to lose mm-hmm. but I think it's he like, knows he, he's yeah. weighed it well and at the head of all those demons is Bellacor mm-hmm. so Bellacor uh, the first ever chosen is back well those are, no, whoa I mean he, He's not really ever chosen. He was the ever chosen before Arcan. If if you were ever chosen, you would would not not be ever chosen. (laughs) I don't think he had the title. They said he was the first. That's part of the contention. He would say that he was the first ever chosen. Right, right. Um, No one else would. That he had been blessed by all the gods, but 
But there's a lot of that contention. It was never entitled yeah. the ever chosen. Yeah. I so mean, details matter. So before we, I guess before we know that Bellacor is taking the field, Catacross first sends I think his cavalry after like Arcane. He's like, all right, well let's hit him with some cav. Boom, and he sends them off to the side, and they go the Russian yep. uh, Archeon, uh, and boom, obliterated. Like just yeah, just Varengard just. Oh, yeah, exactly. Heavier demonic cavalry. If you were curious which cab was better, I'm pretty sure the Vanguard might be. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, all right, oh, cool. That's good to know. Um, I think at some point then he sends maybe the Night Haunt in as well. Lady Alinda mm-hmm. shows up yep, to yep, kind yep. of take on uh, Bellacor's force and and kind of distract um, on that side. Yeah, so this is your airborne sort of battle going on above yep. the forces on the ground. Yep. Though at this point, I feel like most everybody's flying at this. Everybody's just flying all over the place. Um, but it's the demons versus the night haunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fighting left and right. You got catapults, you know, mm-hmm. just blasting oh, into those yeah. demons. There's that, the catapults that were yep. getting shot at at the for- the main forces of chaos too, and it seems like it wasn't even really doing anything. Yeah. It had no effect on the larger forces. Basically, it's, it's Catacross throwing everything he has one after the other, yep. saying, "All right, will this work? Will this work? Will this work?" Mm-hmm. Almost like he's kind of testing things, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's experimenting yeah. with what he's got. Well, yeah, he even says he tells this person to make some notes. Yeah, yeah. this is effective here. This is effective there. Well, that it, kind it of says thing. that exactly. So as Archeon is closing in on him, so Archeon goes up high, sees Catacross. Mm-hmm takes measure of who this is he's run he's ringed by um uh, 20 strong um harbingers i think yep mm-hmm. um and so archeon's approaching like ready to like coming down like a camel it says 100 feet away <laughs> 50 feet away 10 feet away uh-huh. and like you said catacross is making notes mm-hmm. yeah Paying attention to the nerd, sending <laughs> sending yeah. emails. I mean, bird mails. Uh, go take care of this. <laughs> Twitter. Um, While he's approaching, uh, Catacross is like, "All right, well, uh, Morgast, t- get him." Basically, and the Morgast go flying up and trying to like, you no, know, that's his last ditch, one of his last ditch efforts, right? Because the Archai yep. are like the the body bodyguards of like important people. But then there's a there's a whole unit of bloodthirsters go and just dismantle yeah. the, the mm-hmm. archai up in the uh, yeah. up in the sky. Well and then if that wasn't enough then the drowned men come down the river as well. Yeah. 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 Well it was right. a fun image. I missed that yeah. part. So it's uh, it's um mm-hmm. Gutrot Spew's yep. forces yep. though I don't it think was really small then. It's mm-hmm. pirate ship, yeah. Yeah. That would have been a pretty small paragraph or something. And they, and they, had yeah, little, was, yeah. they had some Nurgle blimps, too, gotcha. some airborne stuff. Yeah, oh, was there? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what does that one. float on? <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a whole force, a whole, or I guess, a unit of, like, great unclean ones, but he's, he's six, like... A whole mess of Gothazar like harvesters on on them, and they just like oh, dismantle and just take one of them apart, um, which is kind of cool. <gasps> yeah, so Little this, Ginsu knives. Yeah, this is kind of a fun. It's it's kind of a fun scene or kind of kind of a fun like war scene to see mm-hmm. all these different sort of units and how they would like you know attack like who matches up against who and like yeah. how, how they fight, which is kind of fun to watch. Yep. Um, but like you said, yes, Archeon is plummeting, plummeting, plummeting. Yeah. In. So they get, you you do get. And what's fun about this book, and we'll talk about more later, but there there is this sense of like this is what we've been leading up to, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't get the, you don't get that payoff in in the books, like, or you think it's going someplace and it doesn't necessarily go there. This one, it's going to this matchup between these two the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah, it, it's in yeah. a sense it leads where you expect, head to head. and you expected it to be cool, and it ended up being. It's like, like it's like when you sign up for pay per view. For the <laughs> WWE or the or the I didn't know what kind of you were talking for the MMA, you know, battle between these two guys, and then there's a whole bunch of like pre matches and pre things, but you know that the big match is coming. Mm-hmm. 
this is the big match. This sure. is what you paid. This is what you signed mm-hmm. up yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the this headline. Is a headliner? Would the headliner be yep, the title that's for that? Perfect. Um, so, uh, Arkham boom lands. And well, basically- no, no, before that, before oh, yeah. that, tell me. You can't take you can't take the spotlight away from Bellacor. You know. Oh he, sure. Okay. He, he takes mm-hmm. down Lodi Linder. Yeah. Ah, stabs her. She dissipates. You know, not permanently. It hints, yeah, yeah. but uh, so he gets his his Sends moment. From takes the down Mortark. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know much about Belakar's like person, Belakor's personality or anything like that. But I feel like he didn't he didn't get a really a chance to shine like him personally all that much. Yeah, okay, of course he killed the Mortar, and that's pretty cool, I suppose. Right. But like, I don't know, he's kind of a schemer, master manipulator kind of guy, right? If yep. I gather that right, yep. he's more than just a shadowy. Demon yeah, he didn't just like. But in this one, he just woof, flies up and then you know stabs a ghost lady. Real cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would expect. Not that I expected more, but like it, you didn't get a chance for his personality to really shine in, yep. in this at all, right. which is kind of a bummer, which I bring up because I feel like someone asked about it later, and I'll I'll yep. hearken to that question. So now Archeon lands, boom! Catacros picks up his shield, he picks up his glaive, and he says, "Let's go." Well, but like Archeon picks off his like his little guard too, because you know he's got all those models on the yep. thing, yep. like so like yeah, it does mention each of those is is you know his right hand goes and. Uh, stabs one of the you know things that gets eaten up by one of the heads and yep. um, I get a sense that those aren't named characters like he can replace them because mm-hmm. once you're this is one thing you learn about Dorgar is that his belly is a sub realm mm-hmm. uh, that if you're eaten and you go into his gullet you stay in his gullet there's sure. no escape from that endless so torment yeah so that's uh, that's its own sub realm that's interesting uh, so you do get a sense of this eminent demise when when. Dorgar eats something. It's mm-hmm. it's not coming back. What if Slanesh was just in there all? Oh, oh bum, bum, bum. Yeah. But so yeah, so it goes through, you know, it does <laughs> take some time to explain each of those different... Um, it keeps burping up elves. <laughs> each of his uh, servants, you know, the, the bird keeper guy is sending off, uh, mis- you know, messages to different uh, people, et cetera. The banner, I guess, if his... Maybe you guys read this in the battle tone because mm-hmm. I wasn't there for that. But mm-hmm. if you see his banner, you can he can communicate with you telepathically. Yeah, we didn't talk about you know, it, but things yeah, that's like true. that. Um, but yeah, they get decimated down to his you mm-hmm. know scroll guy, um, his record keeper, um, and he picks up his shield yeah. and his glaive. Um, and now this is the part where I'm a little upset that Dorgar got involved because Dorgar keeps getting involved. So it's not just Archeon versus Catacros. It's Archeon plus Dorgar. Like, Archeon's on the ground, like, swinging his sword, and they do talk. Like, he and Catacross are, he's, Catacross is dodging. He's using his shield. He's, they're going blow for blow for a bit. But then Dorgar will come in and just chomp on his shoulder and, like, break his sword, break his, you know, take his glaive away. Like, Come on, man. It's a little, I mean, it's I mean, almost but, like Catacross you know, needs a chariot. But Archeon's about, <laughs> Archeon's about show force. Like, he's not. He'll play dirty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I kind of wanted to see that. I think that if the two were up against each other, I think I think it would be a little bit different. But yeah, in I the know. end. I can't. I'm still punk him. In the end, <laughs> uh, his, uh, yeah, his shield's ripped from him. His glaive is ripped from him. In the, in the Slayer of Kings slides right into his heart or into mm-hmm. his chest. <sighs> and there's just a look of, calcu- like he's just calculating the whole time. Okay. All right. That's how that went. Oh, this is what it feels that, like. Here's the, here's that simulation ran. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it reveals that he did know or believe that he was going to lose this. Um, but he got all the information that he needed out of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And his his all his soul, uh, his 
you know, Soul all the gems of his different, you know, people and, and Cavalos and all that kind of stuff are swept up, taken back to, um, the Arcs Terminus. Arcs Terminus and, and, uh, we can rebuild him. Mm-hmm. We, we have, have the technology. technology. We have the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a, <laughs> we go back then to his throne room. And am I mistaken that there's a little bit of an Iron Man uh, scenario with the statues? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got lots of different bodies. I think yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, for for later because yeah. he's planning to die more times. Uh, so, yeah, but it so, seemed like they had different purposes or different uses or different. Uh-huh. Maybe. Oh, well, were, was that was that the case? Like he had specialized bodies. It I felt like that. Oh, I thought they were all the same, but maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they just. I got the hint that it was more. He's prepared to die more times, and he's yeah. got extra bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Let, that let's run the simulation again. Potentially. They could be a little different too. We don't know. Yeah, for it's another 120 purposes. model, but he's got bigger arms. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Better he's just he's yeah. back. <laughs> he's back at his at uh, the Arcs Terminus. He's setting up his war board, his uh, Age of Sigmar he board. Said, he says re-rack him. Yeah, yeah rack him up. Uh, and he feels a little bit of a pang in his chest from where uh, the Slayer of Kings had slayed his last existence. And he's like, I thought this process of reforming me. Took out all of that it's stuff. It's a new body, yeah. Uh, that shouldn't yeah. feel that But it's pain. the same gemstone, so maybe it's not really reformed, right? Just mm-hmm. a different body. His soul's still the same. So that's, so. but that's, but yeah. that's the, that what he's noticing is that the Slayer mm-hmm. Kings had some effect on his soul, not right. just his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, so, yeah, I mean, it's, he's right back at it again. Like he gets reforged and he's back at the grind trying to figure out, he's like, this is yep. what I learned. He's again dictating other stuff to his, his note takers. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, we learned this, we learned that. Um, let's do it again. Kind of thing, yeah. Uh, in that, in defeat, he still was Won. victorious because he got what he actually set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry, you used the wrong word. T- correct me. Yeah, he was not defeated. Mm. Uh, <laughs> in fact, he still has his he, plan. At this point, we've learned that in his mind, losing that battle and being killed uh, in that body form is not a defeat. Uh, in fact, that was part of his plan, so he's oh. still undefeated. It's yeah. the opening scrimmage yeah, sure. of this long last. If, if if Catacross had would have heard me say that, uh, he would have taken my feet off <laughs> yep, for sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, hardcore, and that is the book. That's the that's the wrath of the ever chosen. We did yeah. it, guys. We made it. Mm-hmm. If we ended it right now, it would still be a complete episode. But we won't. We won't end it right oh, now. There's we got, more. We got. There's more. Um, wait, wait. Well, I'll wait. tell you what. I'll ask you guys. Yes. Is is there more? Are there more things you want to talk about? Any other interesting things that you? Any tidbits? Any thoughts from the story that we didn't get to cover as we blazed through the plot? I'm giving you lots of time by gabbing. There's a lot of interesting. I kept writing down like the contradictions. Like he's uh, he was <laughs> after coming out of the vault, he was re-given the name undefeated. I'm like. You just get that right out of the gate mm-hmm. uh, and like the definition, but then we kind of get a sense of how, what defeat means to him and what it isn't. Um, you know, things, there's some contradictions like the path was wide enough, but narrow enough. And, you know, all this kind of, uh, you know, you can't, not one thing can cut the chains, but the necroquake cut the chain. So there's a few contradictions that aren't really contradictions, but it was just interesting um, things that kept jumping out at me. Sure, mm. sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm wondering where this story with Slanesh is going to go. Right? Yeah, we keep happens? touching base, right? Like, what happened? We don't actually have the end of the encounter with this. No, but yeah. he, we do find out, uh, well, because he, he showed up here, uh-huh. that he didn't finish his task there, and that the elves, he says, the elves <laughs> likely took yeah. uh, Slanesh and moved him to a different part of the Twilight Realm. Right. And we may never... Right. 
So yeah. we do know that that has changed that game, which means twenty twenty two, twenty twenty, maybe twenty three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's it also tells me though that that I don't know if they were planning uh, that GW was planning to push it, push it, push it. Uh, when we first learned that Slanesh was hidden, but mm. this is still like long game. Like there's still more story to unravel here, yeah. and Slanesh being right, out yeah. of the picture is part of the. But yeah, so we do learn a little bit that he had found Slanesh, but now Slanesh is likely um, somewhere else, taken yeah. somewhere else, so further away. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, for the record, Tomb King Tristan. Let me fast forward. There will be questions, listener questions at the end of this. Uh, and Tomb King Tristan wanted to know what we thought about how what this would mean for the future of Slanesh. So we're thinking that. He will be freed eventually, but this is maybe mm-hmm. just a setback in, in his yeah. release. Yeah, mm-hmm. not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Hold your horses. Um, but we'll we'll keep talking about things that we thought about before we get to the more questions, unless there are no more things. I mean, I think that it's telling too, just that Catacross was able to breach um, and make it so far into the realm that Archeon turned away from his plans to free a god of chaos. Because he was worried that Catacross was, or you know, it's a part rage, like how dare he? So maybe it's too prideful, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. also maybe a threat. Like Catacross was a real threat to Archeon yeah. in his in his machinations. Well, Catacross was like setting the tone, kind of like he got to pick where the fights were yeah. in this in this case. And when you're, I mean, when you're up against Archeon, it's rare that you get to have your your hand on the yeah. steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard once someone say once that the person asking the questions is the one. Uh, controlling the conversation. Oh, who told you that? Um, I don't know, but you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of wondering. This is the first of the new campaign books that we've seen, right? Like mm-hmm. we have the Realm Gate Wars, which were campaign books, but now we have Wrath of the Everchosen. And I'm kind of wondering, like, what your impressions are of the difference between the two, or like what this means going forward, right? Because we have um, we have full-on match play rules here, right, included mm-hmm. uh, in the back of the book, so it's not just um, scenarios or story. There's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, a lot of people have drawn parallel to the Psychic Awakening for Warhammer 40k and mm-hmm. how they've kind of pushed the story forward through smaller campaign books essentially where a few factions are described mm-hmm. and get additional models and or rules or whatever else. This is a little bit bigger than just a single faction. Well, maybe it's not. It's really just one single faction is getting all the rules as well mm-hmm. as some additional roaming spells, roaming monsters. So Siege I think, warfare. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think, you know, maybe this is the a similar you know, prelude to what we'll get, you know, some additional campaign books to push the for- story forward. Hot take. Yeah, we haven't seen a book like this since the end times. This is very reminiscent of the end times to me. It doesn't uh, have quite the pageantry that the end times books had, but well, part of that is because it was the first time they'd done it, right? And they were doing something really well, big. So I would say we're probably not in a second end times. Yeah, mm-hmm. but those books had would focus on kind of one force or one mm-hmm. group, uh, advance a story along, and then have uh, shape kind of how you'd play them on the table. Yeah. Uh, create different war ga- war bands and that sort of stuff. So I'm gonna. I'm going to do you one better. What? Not like the end times, but rather very reminiscent of Sigmar's Blood, yeah. the campaign book before the end times, oh, which yeah. was specifically about two di- two forces, like specifically those two forces, yeah. and it ran you through the battles that those two forces were going through. I would argue a much better 
book in that I loved how it set up the battlefield. Okay, granted, we have battle plans these days, but it set up the battlefield with like specific units and specific terrain pieces, and it drew yes. the map for you. And oh my god, I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, which did you, you want to? Do you want to play that? No, I don't have any of the. I don't have either of the armies, oh. but I do have all that terrain, so I could build. I could build the battlefield if I wanted to. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but that book, I mean, also it's similarly sized, even too. So it, when mm-hmm. I was reading through this one, it was it was very much a hallmark of that. Obviously, they didn't have like the match play, open play type stuff. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. from the narrative side of things, it was it was very reminiscent, which is cool. It, it tickled nice. me. Um, so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts that you guys have before I get to our listener questions? I'm I'm wondering if we're going to get other books on different gates of the eight points. I'd love it if they did, uh, but I will not get my hopes up that GW will perpetuate a pattern, um, mm-hmm. especially after giving one. One is not definitely not enough to to think that there'll be a pattern. Yeah, Two right. also is not enough uh, to see if they'll perpetuate a pattern. Um, and three is only slightly more likely. Yeah, I think if you were were to try and go through every gate and give every gate like a book, you would get tired of it. Oh yeah, for so sure. So I would say in the next five years we'll see another gate focused mm-hmm. on. Sure. Yeah. What I what I do like about the eight realms and the way they're telling the stories in the eight realms is that the eight realms has basically become our new old world, mm-hmm. right? Our new nexus where everything happens together, because in the world that was. The old world was where everything happened. They had the new world, they had Lustria, they had all this kind of stuff. But the old world was where stuff actually happened. It feels like the eight points is becoming that kind of place where this is where the stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Right? We've already had it change hands uh, once, and then we're, we're having invasion now again. And I, mean, I guess I'll... I do think we're getting a lot of activity in the eight points because of war cry. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, if this is the nexus of power, there's a good reason to focus here, but we are getting so many stories or like, there's so much action going on in other parts of the realms and every other realm, there's something. So I think that, that in this space, in this time we're focused here, which, you know, is again, we're focused on chaos. We're focused on kind of fleshing out what chaos means in the realm again. Is it still relevant? Mm-hmm. After we've spent so much time in the Romgate Wars, mm-hmm. uh, about Sigmar and the in the the um, storm hosts just plowing and and um, through the chaos and like retaking lands and all that kind of stuff, is chaos still relevant? So I think, in some essence, the age of we're looking back at the age of chaos and saying what was that like. Mm-hmm. So I can see that parallel of looking back, but there's still so much that that gets explored and we'll get explored again. We'll be in a different realm, a different time at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, one of the things it mentions in this book is that Archeon, you know, it was a prideful moment where he's like, you know, I was so focused on Sigmar. I disregarded Nagash as being a threat. And now all of a sudden, you know, they've got a beachhead in the eight points, you know? Yep. So I think that was interesting parallel or, you know, they're drawing into his, his mindset and he was so focused and now he's like kicking himself because he's like, oh, well, that was stupid. <laughs> sure. I just want to say, I've, I've heard it said that, uh, that like death and also taxes. destruction are considered, uh, death and taxes are considered like sort of NP- NPC armies or like it's in the, the moral realms. They're just 
not agency sort of uh, uh, evils or, or adversaries for like the real armies to fight, the real like main characters of order and chaos. But I think Nagash and Catacross have just sort of proven that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have their own goals and, and missions and, and purposes in the world, which nice. is cool. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Let's get some. Yeah, I want to ask him some questions from our Discord. Yep, yep. Let's hit it up. So uh, here are some questions from f- our our followers, our members in uh, the Mortal Realms Discord, which can be found at www.themortalrealms.com slash discord. Uh, and I always say, if you want to get questions on the show, awesome. Just be sitting there all the time waiting for me to ask you <laughs> if, if we have any questions for the show. There is no rhyme or reason as to how we get them. Um, but let's start. Uh, Darth Alec uh, from the – he doesn't do Fort Hammer anymore, but that is where you may know him. Um, he has a bunch of good ones. He wants to know how involved will Arcan be in the elf plot line moving forward? First of all, who knows? Second of all, what do you guys think? We don't know what happened between the time he had the vision and the time he got back to the eight points. He probably killed a bunch more elves just because he was really ticked about it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, chop, chop, you know, chop, he chop. didn't chop. free Slanesh. Gotcha. Probably hidden somewhere else. Um, what do you think? Do you think he'll serve a purpose? I don't know. I mean, like, he's mm-hmm. proven that he has a vested interest in what Slanesh, yeah. where Slanesh yep. goes. Yep. Um, I, I think maybe it'd be a little bit too many cooks in the kitchen if he has too much of a role in the Slanesh-like storyline going mm-hmm. forward. I think it's kind of like the elves' time to shine, and it's kind of going to be a an elf or Slanesh-type thing. Um, Arcan would be, again, like too, I think too big of a force. It would, it would overload the story, from my perspective. He might be like the Bellicor oh, of maybe. Slanesh's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Um, but honestly, Popping in, killing a fool, and... Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. It. Or maybe the elf plotline also goes in a completely di- different direction. They're not completely beholden to like the Slanesh side of things, so maybe there's some some other element that we don't know yeah. about. Um, but if that were the case, I think maybe they'd have a more interesting or maybe a new uh, adversary than Archeon, or one that we haven't really focused on before. I think Archeon's got his time in this time in the sun. We can move on to somebody else, and I'm not just saying that because I didn't pick Archeon in the fantasy draft <laughs> that we did. did. Yeah, I, did. I know, and you can go straight to. The, the more we points. talk about it, the more we help him out. <laughs> <laughs> you already um, have. Oh, 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 just as planned. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on that one? Uh, actually, just one more thought. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, it mentions that the, the Lumineth who are guarding Slenish are the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting when that battle tone comes out, if they describe, oh, we don't have our most elite fighters because they're all guarding Slanesh. Or not. You oh, know, sure. It'll kind yeah. of be interesting to see what happens there. That's true. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and they've done a really good job about having those battle tomes exist in a point in time, both looking backwards and forwards. And mm-hmm. so, how could they not, right? Like, re- reference some of this stuff. Right. They've been doing such a good job. Maybe that'll be one of their hosts or temples. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It could yeah, be. yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be very cool. Uh, he also wants to know what uh, what will Simmar- Sigmar's reaction to the whole affair be? And I'll caveat that with Tristan also asked, how does it set up the next steps in the overarching story? So apparently Eric knows what Sigmar feels about this. Yeah, I mean, he's going to find out that this is happening. He's going to take advantage of it, and he's going to push further on one of the other gates. Either, uh, I believe he's got Akshi and he's got Garan. Yep. Does he have them, or and are they just closed? He has the, the closed. realm side. Okay, gotcha. And, and he's closed them. Right. And Desir, yeah. Yeah, Azir. I don't, but I don't think he's going to try and push through there. That yeah, I think he'll go through somebody else's realm <laughs> to get there. Somebody else, but I, somebody. I think uh, you know uh, we just did Pantheon for mm-hmm. the Pocket Realm not too long ago, and I think maybe Garan will be a place that he pushes. Oh yeah. Well, do you think you'd push against Chaos or against Nagash? Um, I think against Chaos. I think he's focused on Chaos. That and he, I don't think he wants to get the Pantheon together. I think he'll try and coordinate and 
bring value to the ex members of the Pantheon and, and kind of be working alongside each other, but not in strict hmm. relationship with common goals at the yep. same time in, in parallel. Yeah. Yep. Well, and actually it comes to think that like Hish has a, a gate to the eight points as well. What does Teclas feel about the whole thing mm-hmm. or, or any of the other gods, other order gods, maybe specifically, I reckon all of them are, are aware to some extent what has now just happened and they all probably have their own plans. So I guess to Eric's point, like, do you work together? Do you work with the same goals at the same time, but not together? Um, I feel like it opens up quite a bit of potential in the, in the story moving forward. So it's not mm-hmm. just Sigmar that we care about, but a lot of other folks as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, the eight points is both a nexus to get into all the realms, but it's also a big corner to get painted into. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're surrounded at all those gates, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the other things that's going on is that Catacros is in the eight points. He's not in Shayesh. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there might be a point to push forward in Shayesh now mm-hmm. without the Ostiarch Mountain Reapers. Yeah. That's true. Not there to defend. Though it did make it a point to say that he only had a couple of the... Legions what are they called? Legions? Yeah, yeah, right? So there's still other ones out there, but not not nearly as strong as ones that are going to be led by Catacross for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he also asked, what do we expect about the... What do we expect the next Wrath tomes to be focused ar- around the other three Mortarks? Question mark? I doubt it. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Heck, if there even is another equivalent of one of these, I, I don't know that Death is going to get the front and center. Um, I think it's going to be Gordrak. And Excelsis. Yeah, definitely see a Gordrak and Excelsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My guy, that is what I want to. What I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Vandis Hammerhand. <laughs> I mean, well, he's Gordrak, gonna come back eventually. Gordrak and Excelsis oh. could be an easy intro into the Lumineth, right? Depending on how they use prophecy mm-hmm. and heightened yeah, intelligence, maybe. like that might be something that ends up doing, it. especially with Teclas and Tyrion theoretically drawing from the old world. They might be drawing from that shard of the old world. Sure. Hmm. Um, we're kind of while looking to the future. I wonder. Um, do you think this is maybe the culmination of, of the Soul Wars a little bit? Like we've got to be getting to the end end of like that branding and initiative yeah. effort, hmm. right? That's like, two years now. Yeah, I think maybe at least well, two years. I want to say. I wouldn't say so because the elves are still drawing elves from Slanesh. So those are still souls being taken. And, you know, know, so that's still going to involve the Lumineth as well as Malekith. So does the Soul Wars mean just that, like, Nagash's interaction with souls, or is it anyone's souls? I think it's it's all. I think it's going to be into the elves as well. All right, so then maybe it's just Soul Wars forever. Hmm. Age of Sigmar, colon, (laughs) Soul Wars. It's an interesting thing, though. So one of the hallmarks of the elves have always been that they're long-lived, but there are not very many of them. If they have a constant source of elves to be able to pull from Slanesh, does that completely change their story? I mean, it's still probably fine. Or is Slanesh not going to be able to be drawn upon as a resource going forward? I mean, he'll get freed eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, he'll get freed eventually. So they take enough. There's this tipping point. Like he uh-huh. consumed so many that he was engorged and could not function. Like he was just a tryptophan, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and got captured. At some point, they'll take enough out. And he'll have enough in to be super powered and lithe. He's looking uh, super trim, man. He's yeah, been yeah. And out. he'll he, <laughs> she'll be able to cut through the stuff and like f- somersault backflip out. Uh, and but then, was she chained all along? Who knows? Surprise! Yeah, uh, uh, she's been sitting there. They looked down. They were in the chains. Actually, what surprise? And, and <laughs> she worked by getting into all the elves. Mm-hmm. Well, now she's everywhere because all the elves are everywhere. You should write these things. Watch out, Phil Kelly. Here no, comes. No, I, prefer, I prefer the lazy synopsis <laughs> at the end of the book. <laughs> it took a lot of my time. Um, so uh, he does point out how cool is it that Slanish literally spoke 
Um, that is pretty neat. How often do we hear mm-hmm. the, the chaos gods actually talk, right? That's, I right. mean, not impossible, but rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corn's always talking about skulls and blood. Like, it's kind of, like, we get it, man. You're into it. Obsessive. You're just helping your, you know, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so that is, is neat. And then he, finally, and this is a good one, is he wants to know, is Catacross demonstrably the better general than Archeon, even if he lost the battle? And then also, Tristan wanted to know, does Catacross ever win? I don't know that we can definitively say that Catacross is the better general, but just from this book, he was doing way more generalship than Arcan ever did, right? Yeah. I think uh, Eric at one point said that Arcan just rolls up with a show of force, which I think can be a tactic, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily show any sort of brilliance on the battlefield. It's just he just rolls up with all his buddies. Um, the, often, you know, uh, resources can can uh, compensate for other shortcomings shortcomings and so archeon just has a ton of stuff i mean we do hear about archeon being able to like hold conference calls from afar and like he's also in things Mm -hmm. but i'd say his scale is bigger archeon has more going on than catacross does i would say uh and so i think that in (laughs) in this space catacross needed every bit of his wit to get as far as he did and archeon just took an afternoon to stop it. <laughs> but whether or not that, you know, what the, what Catacross does with that may be different. So it's basically, Hey, Catacross, you had to take everything you had to even get this far today. And for me, it was just the Thursday. Yeah. yeah. But, or I is mean, it Tuesday? How's the Coco? I can't remember. Yeah. What it was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so you're on the Archeon side. The I want to be on the Catacross side, but I feel like I'm on the Archeon side. Gotcha. Do you guys, anybody else going to vote? I think, um, I think Catacross is more of a strategic genius, perhaps. I mean, mm-hmm. more an analytical thinker. And so I think long-term wise, I think he might get the upper hand if he continues to learn from his mistakes and refine and get better and better. So if, I think in that sense, he could in the long term be a better general strategically if they had the same resources right right who would be better well yeah and so the thing is that um catacross still destroyed four armies for the one army that of his that got destroyed mm-hmm. right because he just des- he destroyed the three armies that were threatening around the eye the force of eyes he destroyed the army that was defending in shayesh for the realm gate and the army that was defending in the eight points for the realm gate and his army only got destroyed once Plus the army that tackled the the came back and tackled the fortress, so there's another right, one. Right. Yeah, so like Catacross is demonstrably a better general because he's defeated more armies with less people. In this story, yeah. I well, mean, we've yeah. got way more books of Archeon doing work. Yeah, yeah, don't, that's, that's true. Yeah. The the and two strikes against scale, Archeon. I think he fights from the front, so he's a yeah. rage machine. And he tried to break that chain with a sword instead of a you cord. You big thing. dummy. What a, it's like he's never even seen a chain before. Give him a finger puzzle where he can't, no. he can't pull his fingers uh, out. He'll be Lumineth puzzle. stuck. Lumineth puzzle. <laughs> dummy. Yep. Yep. Um, now, you know, Catacross is, you know, has this well-constructed fortress beachhead uh-huh. in the eight points. So, it'll, you know, definitely be interesting to see. I like Catacross's style. Yeah, I think, and I want to fall on Josh's side. Uh, I think Josh is the the best general. No, um, I think that <laughs> if Catacross isn't the best general now, he has the potential to be, maybe be the best general over over time. Mm-hmm. And like he'll have to because he'll. I don't think he'll ever be able to muster the same level of forces that Chaos will. Like I mean, right. that, that's right. almost a almost an impossibility. So to 
rise to that level, it's going to have to sort of come from within as opposed to the forces that he, he's going to have to do the best he can with the forces available to him, however large they can be, and he can sort of rebuild them as time goes on. Um, Klaus, uh, new member of the Discord, but a, a, a follower for a long time, um, he wants to know, how can Arcan be defeated? So obviously Arcan kicks him butt in this book. Chains. How would you beat him? Uh, <laughs> 66 chains specifically. <gasps> what if someone has to take Slanesh's spot? Anyways, keep going. Riddles. Ooh, rid- not real, not real bright. <laughs> also, uh, finger puzzles, we've decided, is a way to defeat Arcan. Yeah. Um, I think he's... As much as he's a tactician and strategist, that he's only one person and he leads from the front, so that's where his power is going to be most like focused. If you can distract him from too many sides, I think he'll he can be defeated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, another way to look at it, I think in this book we've sort of shown that like without his direct presence, his forces is very are very disorganized and um, easily sort of conquered if you break them break them up and separate mm-hmm. them. Now separating chaos all of the forces of chaos across the realms would be quite an undertaking, but if you whittle away at his forces faster than he can, you know, recruit, recruit new people, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that might be a way to do it. So as opposed to cutting the head off uh, the organization, that almost seems impossible. You're not going to win by cutting the head off, chip but rather, body. yeah, chip, chip at the bottom. Gotta keep them yeah. separated. Yeah, you gotta do body blows, body blows, body blows. You know, stimulate that infighting, you know, because chaos is always Psychological. Make him defeat himself. Hey, Dorgar, your middle head said that your left head is looking fat. Well, I think that's what you need to do is you need to get rid of Dorgar. Mm. Right, he needs he needs to change form, or like we've seen that he can change form, right? So yeah. Dorgar needs to be diminished somehow. Okay, turn him into a goldfish and chop him in a jar, throw him to the bottom of the sea with the Adonai. Boom, or, or just eat it, <laughs> I so guess. Specific. But then you have his pocket rum inside of in you, su- and but then you have a pocket. Then you have a bag of you. holding. What's yeah. wrong with that? Well, no, if you put a, a bag of holding in another bag of holding, holding it explodes. <laughs> then um, you do that to Dorgar. Uh, Koros, uh, you may know him as Scarbrand's daddy, wants to know, uh, which faction is, quote-unquote, your dude, and then why is it Bellicor, who out of left field got his personal demon, the Legion? Um, I was going to warn you guys that I was going to ask you this question, and I completely forgot, but did any of those chaos factions at the end of the book grab you, or any of them your favorite? I'll give you a second to think about it, and you can also say no. Well, gut rot spume is awesome. That's an obvious one. Good job. Yep, with the drawn men and like coming off of the Hollow Knights stories and all that kind of stuff. Don't so, ask for your yeah. favorite and then belittle. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, uh, it's obvious because it's a good one. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's obvious because it's a good pick. Uh, oh, I'm mm-hmm. right. We're, we're there with you, bro. Is it? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Obviously, yeah. So uh, it's neat. It was kind of a bummer to not see Gut Rot Spoon himself because yeah. he's kind of a fun uh, scallywag character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to see them, like I know everybody's marching across the wastes of, and like, oh no, there's a river here. Oh, oh, oh crap! There's boats on it. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. scary little people. Men. The drowned yeah. men. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh, did you have a, f- a fave? Uh, I didn't have a specific favorite, but uh, the lore, you know, the kind of little details they have in each of them are, are really fun to yeah, read. Yeah, a lot of little tidbits in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and of course, he's talking about the, the Legion of the First Prince. You know, mm-hmm. So, but mainly just his demon buddies that he's always hung out with. Yeah, so, but. Well, are they buddies or do they all secretly hate him? But he's just like. Uh, I don't know. He, he wields great power over them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it depends on why. That's, that's true. Um, but, uh, so but yeah, but a lot of a lot of interesting flavor, you know, the drowned men, yeah, flying blimps, you know, <laughs> some cool stuff in there. Yep. <laughs> um, 
I think my favorite is maybe just the Drowned Men too, because it's sort of a unique take on Tur- uh, Nurgle. But it's neat that there were sort of three disparate um, Slaneshi uh, mm-hmm. warbands or forces—I don't know what you even call them—and yep. um, they are all sort of working together, sort of underneath Arcan. And we talk about like, well, Arcan needs Slaanesh forces like to complete his power not trifecta but quartet or whatever you want to call it and he still has access to some of them and these different forces are these different slanesh warbands have different perspectives i don't know if they were specifically like the oh god what are they called the invaders seekers the pretenders and the invaders there you go Mm -hmm. paul's read up on some slum slanesh um but regardless of their outlooks on slanesh they were able to sort of come together and work as a unified force and that's kind of what arcan needs to do by freeing slanesh is because he's got all these slanesh people out there but they're all working in different directions pulling in different directions pulling on different leads and he's like no I, I need to organize a little bit better here. And if they're off doing their own things, they're worse because of it. If I free Slanesh, most of their like most of their extracurricular activities aren't necessary anymore, and they can just be dedicated to Slanesh, like like all my other chaos friends. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they'll be more focused in their pursuits, and then I can use them if they're focused. And they're this obsessing is, in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, right. or just random directions. Anyway, sometimes they're right directions, sometimes they're the wrong directions. But mm-hmm. if I can get them unified, kind of what these three Slanesh forces are doing in this story, um, then I, you know, I'll be that much more stronger. Um, and so that sort of shined a light on that relationship. And so that's why I like them. But just, just as part of that, I forgot there was one Slanesh force. I'm trying to remember what it's called. But they have, oh, the lurid haze, mm-hmm. where apparently they have this, this incense that's made of some really nasty components, yeah. but they've still, they've been able to hide in the realm of shadow from Malekith yeah. and, and, and his mother, you know, so I thought that was kind of fun that, oh yeah, they, we've, they've been there this whole time, you still don't know. Surprise, <laughs> we're having some crazy parties too. <laughs> yeah. Did you find any light? No, I, chaos doesn't, doesn't take hold of me, I'm yeah. pretty pure. Me neither. Yeah. Um, I'm so... Might, I was actually say? I was surprised that the uh, um that Catacross didn't have any legions or anything at the back of this book because the mm-hmm. story is mostly him. The wrath of the ever chosen comes at the end. Um but most of this book is Catacross mm-hmm. uh, methodically kind of creating a weakness in, in well, the well, warbands attacking him. All these are all the allegiances of those particular things. But yeah, I agree. I was surprised as well that there wasn't at least something for yep. Hey, Coros had another question. He says, uh, do you think GW made a mistake by only adding new chaos factions? And then he, I think, clarified later that he didn't mean mistake. But like, what, what, what do you think of the choice of only having chaos factions in this book? I mean, I guess I would say if, if I were to see another thing in there, it would just be Bone Reapers. But they've just got a book coming out so I, that has come out, so I, I get it why they don't. Um, I wouldn't necessarily see this as needing to have everybody else in it. Either. Yeah, I'd say I'd say while it's true that it's chaos focused, they did have some extra things in there. You know, they've got the wandering monsters, they got the wandering uh, endless spells, spells yeah. siege, warfare rules, <laughs> and I think those are all going to be some really interesting tools to use, especially with the potential yeah. AI. You know, and how that works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'll just jump in real quick. Sh- Shadow Claimer uh, of the Emerald Canticle fame um, wondered if Bellicor actually w- was getting some interesting lore in this story, or was it just sort of a call-out? I don't know if I'd go out call it just a call-out, but I wouldn't call it interesting lore either. He was just leading this faction, which may be new yeah. in the books, but... that. It's like, of- it's like one of those moves where it takes very little, but he's set up as having something like of substance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the realms. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah sure. There's a little bit of lore about how he feels about Archeon, and then... Yep. A little bit more in terms of the Legion of the First Prince, but again, not huge. Yep, yep. Some small tidbits. Um, I just wanted to sneak that in there because we were talking about Bellicor. But then you bring up uh, interestingly into another question, uh, Tomb King Tristan. 
basically asks, uh, if I don't play Chaos, do I have any reason to buy this book? Um, you listed some mm-hmm. things that apply to all armies, the, the spells right. and siege, siege so and, and so forth. Yeah, do Mark. you think that's enough? And maybe we don't normally tackle questions like this, but do you think that's enough or make it worth buying this book for those people who aren't playing Chaos or maybe to a lesser degree Bone Reapers? Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? It still pushes the story forward, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like it was in the old world where if there was a book that didn't have your force in it, why would you ever buy it? Because there's never going to be any new lore and nothing else happens, right? Sure. Like, this is what's going on now. And I'm like, I thought it was genuinely interesting the way that it's kind of pushing stuff forward and moving things around. Um, and so the, I don't know if I could answer whether or not the rules were enough, because I mean, everybody has their own perspective on what they value. But as far as what, for a narrative value, it pushes the story far more forward than most of the battle tomes do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives a lot more specific detail than most of the stories do because it contains itself to what the models are on the tabletop. Right. So this is a different kind of book. It's, even more than we were saying, like the the campaign books of the Realmgate Wars were a bit. It's even more expanded upon than that. So I I really enjoyed it. Oh. So I yeah, I mean I think it's pretty personal. I think if you're going to if you like the the lore, uh, it's definitely something to collect. If you love, um, uh, and this has some great stories of Catacross. So if you're, I think if you're a, a Bone Reaper player, that this is great lore for you to have. I think if you like playing open play and narrative play, I think there's the cool um, kind of additional things to add in there. As, But, yeah, I mean, as far as if you're a, a rules, if you love rules, then this is primarily a chaos book. Right. Yeah. So it's it's got something different for different people. If you're a collector, then yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get it, right? Sure. I was just going to say, my answer to this question is I fundamentally don't understand the question um, because <laughs> I, I can't – I don't know how to put myself in other people's shoes. Um, and <laughs> – uh, yeah, I, it was a foregone conclusion that I was going to buy it just because um, this is right up my alley in it's terms a, of things I'm going to buy. Yeah, doesn't even matter if you enjoy it. No, no, mm-hmm. of course not. In fact, I heard it. No. Um, uh, is anybody else who would – there's not much else I can add, but beyond but what you guys Tristan said. also asked, like, why should you care? And sure. I think that was answered in some of our things, too. It's like it yeah. does push the, the this forward. It There's a starting point and an ending port, point in this book. Uh, and we got to experience it, which is really cool. Instead of like we read the next book and something has happened to advance it, mm-hmm. we see how this advances. Yeah, it's, it, and you can sort of get that not live or as it's happening, and we're all sort of experiencing it together on the forefront of the storyline. Yep. Um, and one other component or something related to that is what I really like about it is I remember when we did the OCR Bone Reaper Battle Tome review. I remember thinking, this is really neat. I can't wait to see what happens next for these people. Like this mm-hmm. is a great introduction, but what is what is their place in the world? Like how do they interact with the major players, what do they do? And this book distinctly answers that. Like it, it, it puts Catacross in the world and puts them up against a known, I guess, a known quantity in in Archeon and gives them something to do in the world. Not these minor, like you know, timeline little blurbs like that. Those are all very interesting and very cool and are, are full of flavor. But like this mm-hmm. has meaning and impact, and it gives this new army something important to do. Um, and you don't always. Get, a lot of the new armies don't always get that, and so the, the Bone Reapers are benefit from having this this uh, campaign before them. And I might say, coming off of the Battle Tome review, and which I didn't participate in, but I listened to it, was distinctly asking the question, and then also in our um, 
holiday special. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it is like one of the guesses or one of the predictions is that Catacross is going into the eight points and is going to do something. And so they, they fed us that idea and they followed through with it. Yeah. Like they lead led us into it and it was very satisfying. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're yeah. doing it. It's so reminiscent of these little like drip feed like hints in the storybooks from the battle tomes and the campaign books and stuff. It's it's it almost reflects their release schedule kind of bit and how their their mentality in terms of how they review things that are not review reveal things that are uh, in the future, but then they also give you more information when something's like two weeks away from your pre order. Like, sure. there, there's a parallel between how they drip feed you that sort of stuff and the same. Things that they twitch in your brain from a story perspective are the same, are the same you know, uh, nerve endings in your brain that they do for the releases as well to sort of string you along. And, okay, the, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds a little abusive, yeah, actually. Yeah, first one's free. <laughs> yeah, um, but I love it and I'm here for it. Um, I'm 2005. Wait a minute. Yeah, so good job, mm-hmm. Games Workshop. I, I see what you're doing Started now. with free rules. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was uh, I got into AOS after the Realm Gate Wars, all kind of played out. I kind of saw some of the campaign books, but I never got to actually use them or anything. So this is actually kind of the first nice. campaign book where you actually have a sequence of yeah. battle plans to to play out the campaign instead of like one or two in your battle tome. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of fun, and and actually Mitch is planning in two weeks to play at the Warhammer store. This all the the battle nice. plans for this particular campaign series. So with the, the with the with the armies. Like, well, uh, he's he's hoping that people will show up and then he'll assign teams. You know, oh, okay. Chaos, death. You know, nice. essentially. That's yeah, cool. So, yeah, so yeah. it'll be kind of fun to see that. Bring that work. death out. Sure. And I love how they like to your point. I love how they match the story. Like the battle plans are specifically like playing out the story yourself, which right. is what Sigmar's blood did. Mm-hmm. Good job, team. Well, and the other thing is that this isn't a historical refight. This is a contemporary refight. Sure. Yep. Good point. Right? Like, this is literally what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and you can play what's happening right now. And then when the next one comes out, you can play that one. And then, you know, like, you can play along with the story. Yeah. We've never had that before. Right? It's always been historical. It's yeah. always been historical until we got, like, Sigmar's Blood in the End Times. But even the End Times, like, there was a lot you had to do to your armies to kind of make them work mm. being in the End Times. And this is just, no, show up with your army. Yep. Seasons of War and Malign Portents kind of did that, though, right? Like, you could play it mm-hmm. in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. pretty cool. Uh, more questions, more questions. Uh, Thundercake asked, what does the City of Chaos look like? I don't know if we get too Read deep. Read the Warcry Anthology. Sure. Ooh, we uh-huh. talk a lot about mm-hmm. cities yep. there. They do a couple of stories in Karngrad. Three stories, I think. Yeah. So, yep. that's and a better place to They do look. mention another city called Flayhaunt. Which mm-hmm. I, you know, it doesn't say where it is, but no, I was like, oh, oh, they at least mentioned a second. Flayhaunt it if you got it. Write it down. <laughs> um, and although they don't talk about too much city stuff, I guess that you do get a sense of like urban fighting in the... The place that has a name. Forge Sprawl. Yeah, the Forge Sprawl. Mm-hmm. And Iron, so, Head for, or Iron Skull Forge Sprawl. Yeah, yeah, so there it's all about, you know, forges and creating weapons and machines yeah. of death, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, which yeah. you can imagine they're probably all over the place in, in the eight points. But yeah, and the urbanization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this book doesn't do too much of the cities of chaos. Um, I think you can find that elsewhere. Warcry Anthology is a great example. There's yeah. also the Varengard book that we read. Scourge, of, Scourge Fate. of Fate. There's a lot of the actual city. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... But I mean, for a sh- very shorthand, it it functions like any other city. It's just, I mean, everything we've seen is just it's a little bit more corrupt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and there's less communication, so there's more fighting. There's more, you know, but people still live there. People yep. are still born there. People yep. live their entire lives. 
Right. They're short lives. They do something other than fighting Mm -hmm. sometimes. Sometimes they eat. They have people who sell things. They sell food. They have farmers. They have all these things. It's just Mm -hmm. the way that they are governed, right, is different. Tyranny. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tyromancer, also known as Dan C., wants to know, is Archeon the the only only the ever chosen of the four main chaos gods, or does he benefit from the favor of the small gods, too? My question is, it depends on who you define as small gods, but one way to look at this is he also does draw to him a number of the Warcry warbands, and so although they may or may not be worshipping the four big chaos gods specifically, uh, they worship other facets or forms of chaos and so in a sense yeah he mm-hmm. does kind of appeal to those other quote-unquote gods in that he's able to attract these other war cry war bands how's how's that float you guys how, how do you feel about that i, I yeah. would say he attracts them but in gaining their power he has three heads on dorgar mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so he doesn't necessarily gain power unless you want to say people the have power shiran right like the the elements that he has to become the ever chosen are actually gods or some such thing like that, but there's no argument made for that. So. Some such, yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. other thoughts about minor gods? And of course, the Skaven Just don't like them at all. Because no. he disregards them. And so they're like, nope, no. Nope, no, that's what they would say too. Yep. Yeah, good job. I don't, I don't know if he bothers with it. It's kind of like uh, he has a big tank to fill, and he knows where to fill that tank. If he bothers with those lesser gods, he'd be more likely to just punch them. True. He'd be like, I'm the lesser god now punch and by, he, he wouldn't say lesser he'd say i'm the god now look at me little uh-huh. g god i'm the god now um and then francis uh vander huge uh, wants to know did catacross make friends along the way uh <laughs> i don't uh, yeah. he and lodi alinder they're tight you know yeah. after let this you know they're like buddies best best pals but i don't think he made any new friends i think he made a lot of enemies he made mm-hmm. a lot of new ocr bone reapers mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and what if the, and, what <laughs> and if he, one of the souls they took there he yeah. gave a nod to the guy mm-hmm. that's true i didn't even think about he, he that he did actually literally make a lot of new friends do you mm-hmm. do you think like it's literally programmed in them that we have to be friends we're, we're cool right? well yeah. there was that short story um tie the bones where they talk about the process of making the new ocrs yeah. and they literally mm-hmm. do have to obey him yeah, yep. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I guess he did make a friends along the way. But <laughs> would he call them friends? Uh, I think he'd call them tools. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. that is the end of our listener questions. Do you guys have any other thoughts? Honestly, we kind of Quick already. Quick listeners, re- do you have any questions? No. Wait, are you guys? Oh, did do we still have you? Are you still here? Oh, and I left, guys. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we kind of already reviewed it a little bit uh, earlier as to like who should buy it. So, do you have any other parting thoughts um, about the story? Very so- satisfying. Getting inside the head of Catacross, they did a good job of, without the writers being great tacticians themselves, creating scenarios in which we believe that he's quite the tactician. How do you know? Maybe they are, though. You mm-hmm. don't know. I haven't seen them fight. I could have done better. Where have they conquered lately? True. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, where are their spoils of war? Yeah, that's all the all the way you know. Um, so I think it's very satisfying. Um, and then getting to see that battle at the end, even though Dorgar cheated. Mm-hmm. So I would give it two out of three heads of Dorgar <laughs> because he cheated. <laughs> that's what chaos does. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Uh, anybody else have any part? I mean, I, I, now we're going to rate um, it, I guess. I uh, I did Which enjoy I it a lot. Um, the only downside for me is that the only new piece of artwork was the cover, and I wanted some more cool pieces of artwork. Yep. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I missed not having new cool pieces of artwork. The this the pictures that they took of the staging of the models, there were some new ones in there that were really cool. Mm. But I, I, I was hoping for a, at least a couple interior new pieces of artwork as well. Um, but that was the only downside. So. A map. Yeah. A map would have been great. <laughs> so I, I give it six out of eight spider legs. All right. <laughs> spider of eye, forest of eyes spider legs. Nice. Specific. Uh, nice. Josh, what are your what are your parting thoughts? Um, uh, well, I really enjoyed it. I liked the lore quite a bit. Uh, they did a good job of filling in the background from both sides and describing how they got here. And um, you know, like Eric said, they did a good job describing Katakros and his mindset and how he operates, and um, kind of portraying the the logical order and the passionate chaos forces coming together, which I thought was a, kind of a fun story. I too was kind of hoping for maybe a a little bit more insight in the eight points in a map or, you know, some additional artwork. But uh, I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, i got to think of a good rating here now. It took all the good ones. It's hard. It's tricky. <laughs> I've got mine, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um, I would recommend seven of eight circles of Varengard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's good. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely liked it too, but I'm a sucker for continuing the storyline. Um, I don't even care if it goes in directions that I don't care for, like care for or enjoy because I always know that there's always the opportunity that it will be in the future. So like even if there's minor setbacks, I still just like being on the cut edge, cutting edge and seeing where the story goes, especially considering how to some degree the old world ended up being stagnant in some in some ways. It didn't mm-hmm. necessarily always get pushed forward. So I'm here for that continuation. Um, I like how it always sort of one leads into the other, and this is just yet another example of that. Um, I loved seeing the Bone Reapers like out and about and doing something and making their mark on the world and leaving their mark is the same thing I just said. Um, and so that's uh, fantastic, and it was great to sort of see Arcan again. It's been a while since he's really interacted uh, with m- much since the, the Realmgate Wars, and so it was high time for him to uh, show back up. Um, and regardless if I don't necessarily play or particularly care for these armies they are still forces in the world that i enjoy reading about and so they're Mm -hmm. things that need to be contended with um so all in all i did enjoy it i would give it six out of seven of the seven-handed finger of the arcs terminus uh, fortress Mm -hmm. um but like in terms of it i mean obviously it wasn't wasn't perfect and like you guys said it was missing some stuff that could have made it a, a, a perfect battle uh, story i'm going to change my rating real quick okay because please do. i enjoyed i think i enjoyed the part uh where arcan was going to free slanesh more like that nugget mm. was yeah. more rewarding to me than the final battle although i was excited to see that so uh there's a lot that i gave and because dorgar three is a very blunt rating system mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. think i'm instead going to give it oh there you go. 57 chains out of 66. I knew you were going to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think there are some people who complained that um, the the ending was sort of lackluster or that it you know sort of fizzled out. I'm like, oh, what, for, what was this all for? Like, nothing really changed. I don't think that's true. I think a lot did change. And we, mm-hmm. we, we like Catacross, learned, like, some things. And, like, knowledge changes things just as men, much as, like, the the changing hands of like territory and stuff which also happened because like the end gate was taken over by death as well which i think is going to end up being important huge bastion there now yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly so the world did change and just because like no characters were killed permanently that was never really going to happen to begin with like i never had any expectations that that was going to occur so yeah there's too many loopholes yeah i mean is there anybody who can really die permanently i don't know sigmar rare or the, the guy from the, the chaos lord from the beginning of the story but anyways uh, that's the end of that um i, I think i dead, think dead. hello goodbye i think we're done all right 
It's time for our reforging, but Sigmar Willing will be back soon. Like, subscribe, share, or leave a review. Join us on Discord, drop a tip on our Patreon. Anything you can do will spread the word of Sigmar further than we can do it on our own. Chat with us anytime about your thoughts on Twitter at The Mortal Realms. Where can they find you, gentlemen? Well, this is Josh. You can find me at a at J E Arrington. Uh, I'm Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Dosesos. I am Paul, and you can find me at PJ Shard. And this is Eric at Stone Monk Gamer. And you can find all of our Mortal Realms shows and other content at themortalrealms.com. <laughs>the australian one that you it did. was <laughs> austerity the uh aussie bone rapers aussie yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. sometimes you can say things in a funny accent and apparently people just eat that <laughs> really <and it's> up. <laughs> like, that's so bad um pro- storm vaults storm vaults turn on brawl engines do you want to finish do you want to finish <laughs> I this thought, i thought you were doing the thing where you're looking for the word yeah yeah i was but then you delete the part where i'm looking for it so it sounds like i had it right <laughs> i just had a moment catacross's name could literally be said as cat of crows, as in like the cat amongst the pigeons. <laughs> and here he is, like upsetting the major power in the realms right now. All right. Oh. I'll, let you, I'll allow it. What? I know, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs>